Yeah, so I was uh, looking at Twitter when I woke up this morning, as I'm uh, want to do, and uh, I came across like the the first post that pulled up was by um, Will Fish, who mm-hmm. uh, I think used to listen to our show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think he fell, fell off a uh, hundred something episodes ago, but uh, he's a good guy. I, I like him a mm-hmm. lot on on Twitter, and uh, he mentioned that his I guess his uh, significant other said that um, she thought his celebrity doppelganger was Stanley Tucci. I was oh, like, nice. I love the Tucci. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody does. Yeah. Universally. Mm-hmm. You know? So who who would you say is your celebrity doppelganger? Oof. I don't know now. I don't really... Mm-hmm. I, don't, I haven't tried in a while. I have to say, because it, 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 obviously going by the cartoon drawing of me on the cover of this podcast that Brent so excellently did, uh, clearly I have a beard and I am bald. Uh, but back in the day I had no beard and I had hair in my head and it was kind of curly and around the time of, uh, clueless, whenever I had that kind of hair, I, and I think kind of my humor, I was compared favorably to, uh, Paul Rudd. That's Uh, very true. I can see it now. Clearly right Mm -hmm. now, not very Paul Rudd-like, but, um, but back in the day. a few years. I'll catch up to you. Yeah. Come on, Paul. (laughs) Lose that hair. <laughs> Just have the hair migrate down to the bottom. That's right. But now yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure. Do you have a, Do you have one for you? Uh, just, uh, I think visually, like, with my facial structure, I'd say probably uh, Brad Pitt's abs from uh, Fight Club. <laughs> I, I see, yeah, I see the definition yeah. in your face. Mm-hmm. It kind of matches that. Yeah, like if I angle my chin up, I think you can see oh, it. Oh, wow. Wait, do it again. Um, it's totally there. there. I can totally yep. see it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then if I make a, a frowny face, I'll look like Ed Norton from, uh, we'll go with the same movie. I almost said a, a different movie that would be problematic, but uh, yeah. We'll, Primal we'll, Fear? We'll um, sure. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know. I don't, I was thinking about you as well before you said that, which now I totally see it. I, I was trying to think, I'm not really sure who I would think you look like. So when I was younger and, uh, I was living the good life, you know, working at Pizza Hut during high school. Mm. Oh my God. Can you imagine working with pizza every day? Oh, it's truly a paradise. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, I was truly making it great. Uh, see the show's better. So, uh, my, my coworkers there, they said I look like, uh, La Bamba, meaning, uh, huh. Richie Valens, but Richie Valens as portrayed by Lou Diamond Phillips. Okay, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it's a it's a few layers down to get there, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know how 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 that holds up at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I can mm-hmm. kind of see that, and partially it's yeah. because I have uh, I I loved La Bamba growing up. Actually, that movie, oh, and okay. uh, I'm mm-hmm. a, I used to be a huge Lou Diamond Phillips fan, partially because of that, and partially because of Young Guns. Young Guns and Young Guns oh, yeah. 2. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe just the fact that I like him a lot. Uh, I'm like, yeah, Brent, yeah, that's a good one. Go with it. Go with it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not, I, it's not one of those things that I think about a lot for myself or for other people. Unless it's like it's a clear as day. Like uh, there's some people that just like really look like someone else, some celebrity. But um, mm-hmm. you and I, I think, I, Brent, I don't know. The show's good now. I think we are mm-hmm. celebrities. I think so. I think so, that's fair to say. I, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll I look can like feel ourselves. it. I can feel it now. Yeah, yeah, it's just us. <laughs> we are us. <laughs> we have so many more listeners now mm-hmm. than we used to. We used to be in the tens. 
Sometimes now we're in the hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to the ids because we're not into two hundreds. But yeah. uh, I mean, we have some listeners now sometimes. So I'm feeling mm-hmm. really good about life. I'm feeling really good about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, really just respecting what we're doing here for humanity, you know? Yeah. Something yeah. subtle. Will the show likely crash and burn in the next couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Probably. probably. But for now, we're feeling great. <laughs> We're feeling good. <laughs> well, Brent, how about with that? We just say we're doing it. Sure. We get straight into this bitch. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to take that back. We're going to get straight into this show. Uh, and uh, welcome. I'm, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where today we are super excited to talk about the 1975 film Jaws Ooh. for the summer. It's, it's featuring that, uh, that dude from fucking... Uh, <laughs> boy, right on steam on that one. I was gonna say James Bond, but the words were not there. Which James Bond? The shark? Isn't there a there? There's a villain there named Jaws. Oh yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, I didn't even. You know, didn't even process. Wasn't worth it. Okay, the show is <laughs> going down. Wow, the dude took a couple it. weeks. Took a couple <laughs> yeah. of minutes. <laughs> minutes. <yeah>. Crazy. <laughs> That's the kind of experience you can uh, expect from us here, though. We uh, we can right. crash and burn faster than the best of them, so mm-hmm. you're welcome. That's Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Will any other podcast go through this <laughs> level of ups and downs within minutes on the same episode and continue to record for an hour oh, plus? Uh, two no. hours plus. Come on, let's do this, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Okay, yeah that's that, okay, very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Hundreds of minutes. <laughs> Everybody knows there's 100 minutes in an hour. We're going to record for two hours, 200 minutes. <laughs> that makes you think of like flat earthers a little bit again, who we like to, to crap upon a lot. And yeah. someone posted on Reddit the other day, um, they used like a macro lens, and they're like, I'm going to do a test and see if this basketball is actually flat. And they used a macro, like a, or a, yeah, a macro lens to get like really close to it. And they're like, now, as yeah. you can see, it has a bumpy texture, but it's clearly flat. It must be just the curvature of the sun and the light hitting our eyes. It just makes it look round, guys. I proved it. I proved it. <laughs> I need to. I need two million dollars to mm-hmm. buy the opportunity to further study this. I'm gonna take uh, what's his name, uh, Bob. Mm. Up into a hot air balloon to look at this basketball, just see the curvature Absolutely. of the basketball. Yeah, we'll make it work. And in the process, we're going to avoid vaccines, mm-hmm. and yeah. we're going to re-elect this president. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to get it all done at one time, you know? Just really just turn this planet into a smoking crater of filth. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Brent, I think uh, you have some news today you want to talk about. I do, I do, yeah. Um, over the past couple of weeks, we've been, we've been doing these quick little like news segments, and uh, I thought it was kind of a, like a fun it. way to just keep keep track of things. We don't have to get into an in depth discussion, but I did see earlier this week that there was an announcement that Viacom and CBS were going to potentially do a merger, um, and uh, the collected name is going to be something wildly creative. You've guessed it, Viacom CBS, all one word. Whoa. Um, and when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care about any of that. But I did see that it could potentially unite the rights for both Star Trek and the Mission Impossible franchises. I think maybe something else, but like those were like the two big ones. Mm. 
and so that's kind of like playing in our side of the street you know so um i guess there i didn't even know there was like divided rights like that i thought it was just gonna like you know whatever i didn't i never connected the dots there but Mm. like from what i understand the 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 characters that appear in film can't appear on Mm. like the tv show and, and vice versa or whatever um and i guess it's been that way since 04 05 something like that oh weird um but uh but yeah if if this merger goes through i guess they can you know merge them together and they can have picard show up and you know whatever new star trek movie comes out mm-hmm. or whatever so yeah i don't know i i i guess that's a good thing as far as the mission impossible thing goes like th- we've got the tom cruise movies and mm-hmm. i guess you could make a mission impossible tv show but i i wonder how successful that would be if it doesn't have Tom Cruise in it, or yeah. maybe they just have a spinoff character or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's so ingrained in that uh, as like a producer and stuff now too. I don't know what they would mm-hmm. do, but what I'm what I'm pulling from this though is that you could unite the rights of those two franchises, uh, especially given that J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek and did Mission Impossible Three. I think there's a J.J. Yeah. crossover in here somewhere. I'm not sure how that plot line would go, but I'd watch mm-hmm. it basically because I'm a huge J.J. fan. So get on it, son. Mission Enterprise Possible. Is it? Does that, that fix the show? Work. <laughs> <Does> that <work? laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a good one to follow it up with. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one, which is there's a rumor. This is a rumor, but uh, it's possible that Ewan McGregor uh, is reportedly in talks to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi for a Disney Plus streaming show and i want to get your thoughts on this because mm. i think people kind of generally like him as a younger obi-wan kenobi mm-hmm. he was just in like bad movies so what yeah. are your what are your thoughts on that oh i'm as down a, as for a, this as the star star i almost said star trek fuck uh, <laughs> uh i gotta rescue this Wait, star uh, trek the, fuck okay all right <laughs> okay they got some Obi-Wan weird aliens there and, and some tribbles all right uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as the the star wars uh or the resident Star Wars expert. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? I'm down for this 100%. Um, they had uh, a while ago, it seems, I guess the rumors were that he was just like trying to get a role in a movie. Like he wanted to do an Obi-Wan movie whenever they were going more forward with these, these spinoffs, like the, the Han Solo, like prequel type thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But then it, I, they've kind of like put those to a stop for right now, like Rogue One and, and uh, Han Solo, I think both did like okay, but they didn't do as like as well as they expected or something, uh, yeah. especially with like audiences. So uh, I was down for it then. Like I think he's a, a terrific young Obi Wan, and I would love to see more adventures of his. I'm not sure what it would really entail because mm-hmm. I don't really. I mean, they've they've shown the, the arc with like Anakin, and I don't uh, really want to see like Hayden Christensen in this show. But uh, whatever they do with with with. Ewan as uh, as Obi Wan mm-hmm. sounds great. So, and I, I'm so excited for this Disney Plus stuff. Um, I'm not excited for the price hike like we talked about. I'm sure they're going to do to like fifty dollars, mm-hmm. but I'm also pretty sure I'm going to be so ingrained in everything I'm going to pay it. So, yeah. they're doing a good strategy there. But uh, yeah, this sounds awesome to me. Um, what do you think about the uh, the youngsters of today? The uh, let's call them millennials. Um, how do you feel about them? not only defending the prequels as quality films, but also saying that uh, Hayden Christensen is a good actor in them. Um, I don't agree. 
with that. Um, he's I I like to excuse him and a lot like Natalie Portman is in those movies, right? And from what I've heard, Lucas, whenever he would direct them and they'd make multiple takes, he would be like, hey, like, basically do it worse. Like, that wasn't his direction. But, like, they, they've talked about how he wanted it to be, like, campy and, what? like, kid-like almost. I get, like, it, like, meant for kids. Like, he, he kind of designed those for kids. And uh, his, his thing with that that I've heard is, like, Star Wars was always, like, made for kids and stuff, but uh, I think the, the quality is definitely different from the, the original trilogy to the, like, prequels. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I can't, it's, like, hard to, like, she's, she's, like, an Oscar winner. It's hard to blame her for her role in that either, you know, but she's not that great from what I remember. Hayden Christensen, I think, was just kind of also caught in the crosshairs there. Like, I like him in some other things, and um, I don't really know what he's up to now, if he's doing much, but, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know, like, he's not good in them. And those movies are crap. Um, and today's youth is way off base, basically. What well, I'm saying. There you have it. Thank you for joining the show today. <laughs> is that like our biggest user group? Is that the people that listen the most? That's going to be upsetting. I doubt no, it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if you're a millennial listening to this, uh, hit us up on Snapchat <laughs> or uh, Face App. <laughs> <laughs> just face app us the old person of you yourself that way we know you're yeah. young I, mm-hmm. I this is curious though to me too i i consider myself a millennial i'm in that age group do you uh do you consider yourself like uh what um i consider myself a free-thinking american oh, wow. okay, okay so I don't, Steven, I don't i don't like to be defined by terms mm-hmm. unless they're like brown handsome <laughs> um Brad Pitt's abs. <laughs> yeah, for a face. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're just like the good ones, right? Uh-huh. So just the <laughs> just the compliment uh, or compliments. So um, I guess I'm on like the like the the lines. Like sometimes on different charts, I'll see that I'm generation generation X. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm uh, right at the cusp. Generation like like the millennial generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? I'm just gonna call it in the middle. Pff, generation Pepsi, bitch. Like, you know, <laughs> what you want? Well, I, uh, I'm still, I'm still like riding by ditches on my bike, you know, pulling up Pepsi bottles, cutting off the Pepsi points, sending them in. I'm saving up for this CD case. I'm really looking oh, forward to it. Yeah. Fucking tight. It's going cool. to be awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Is it like one of the binder ones or is it one like for the visor in the car? No, it's a binder one. It's a, Sweet. It's one of those like clamshell ones, you know, it's one, it's one disc per page, but that's okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I got... <laughs> You know, I've got to do something with these uh, with these Dave Matthews band CDs that they're they're getting out of control. You, you know? have like every bootleg copy from Japan. You have like every like you get them everywhere. So yeah, and like I just what am I supposed to do? Like digitize them or buy them on mm-hmm. on from uh, from iTunes? Like no, no. I'm, I have to keep these CDs. Like it's impossible to write on my car. Like I've just got too many CD things. Mm-hmm. It's like what if I want to. Listen to his performance in Waterloo in 98. Yeah. You what love that one. Do? I mean, uh, am I supposed to go without? No. Steven, I'm, no, a, no, I'm no. a millennial. Yeah. I don't go without <laughs> things. <laughs> well, so uh, I identify with some things of millennial, but um, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a good conversation because Amanda 
yesterday at uh, we did like lunch with with Josh and uh, and Sarah, her brother and, and sister in law, and Amanda brought up this test she had where it's like a, a bunch of different foods that you're supposed to like keep count of how many you've at least tried before, and it tells you how much like of a millennial you are. Or... Yeah, how many mm-hmm. you slathered up. And enter. Uh, <laughs> but like, it starts with like avocado toast. There's like uh, boba, bubble tea, um, mm-hmm. black ice cream, um, which Josh and, and Sarah, at least Josh had tried. They, there's some place we were going to go to that has like charcoal cones and like charcoal ice cream or something. Very strange. Okay. I'm not sure what to think of that. Sure. Josh didn't say, yeah. he said the cone didn't really taste like much, uh, like different. But, um, but yeah, it has all these different categories and then it would tell you like how much of a millennial you are. And, like, I think Josh had, like, 13 and Sarah had 12. There might have been, like, 20 or so different things, 24. I had, like, four just because I'm a picky eater. I don't know if that adventurous. What? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, he was, like, hamburgers, and I was, like, no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but so Josh and Sarah had showed us this a while ago that there's uh, right at, kind of up to us, but, like, their age group, which I think uh, you and Josh might have been born in the same year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they have a, a term called the Oregon Trail generation that's Ooh, like yeah. five Hell years yeah. between Gen X and millennials and we really like from what I've seen about that you should look it up sometime from what I've seen like we really fit that generation mostly mm-hmm. the fact that you grew up playing Oregon Trail like so many millennials did not they were already past that in school or whatever yeah. Uh, but yeah it's, it's an interesting find I think because it, it's like a micro generation in the middle of that so mm-hmm yeah, anytime I uh, hear somebody mention that <laughs> I feel like I'm dying of dysentery, I'm like, I know, I know you. I feel like <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. you oh, you've hug. got cholera? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so mm. nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know I keep going on tangents, but I have a, I have a story about dysentery I just heard about. Oh, Totally okay. randomly. Someone wow. had well. posted on, uh, on Twitter a cute little video of the duckling that they just got following them around. And uh, Ethan Embry, who is an actor I love, who was in That Thing You Do, responded oh, yeah. to it randomly and said, I, on the set of That Thing You Do, I also had a pet duckling, and I let it eat from my mouth, and I contracted dysentery. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, during one of the band filming scenes, I shit my pants. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and the only person who had a shower on their, in their trailer was Mr. Hanks. So oh, wow. he had to go in there, and I, I haven't seen that movie in a little bit, so I don't really remember if uh, if his name, if Tom Hanks's name is Mr. White in that. But he made a joke about him being Mr. White because Tom Hanks had just had his trailer refitted completely floor to ceiling in white with like white leather, and wow. so he was like they had to lay down an impressive amount of cardboard for him to like waddle to the to the shower. Oh my god! Yeah, and then that sparked a man and I being like, the only time I've ever really heard of dysentery is because of the Oregon Trail. I don't even know what it is. I don't know how we contracted yeah. it from a duck. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. Uh, but don't <laughs> let them eat from your mouth. Apparently, you shit your pants on stage. Wait a minute. So in the game Oregon Trail, were they were they letting ducks eat out of their mouths? Maybe I don't remember. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's it seems like a fowl related disease from what i could tell like mm-hmm. i think we can confirm that right so i'm gonna have to talk to the clergy at the duck church and, oh that's uh, true yeah because i've you share water fountains I, yeah they've requested that i let them eat out of my mouth mm. so but you haven't yet 
yeah i've been doing it oh uh, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure you know when they're all like standing there you know honking at you <laughs> um i'm just like well i guess i guess i should do this you know because i gotta pay the Beer, bills yeah. but like it's a l- little bit uncomfortable but yeah i don't I know mean, good it, luck like, yeah with the dysentery I've, I've been shitting myself constantly for about three weeks so <laughs> i just thought it was like i had eaten too much cheese mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now i'm starting to wonder as i cough up feathers on a regular basis doesn't like, it okay doesn't it change the game a little bit for you too because i i still haven't looked it up i don't know all the the nuances of dysentery but in mm-hmm. that in that game you the whole phrase is you died of dysentery so i didn't mm-hmm. realize growing up that that just meant that one of those people was just shitting in a covered wagon the entire time <laughs> yeah it really changes it up for me you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they shit themselves to death which sounds horrible yeah big john just refused to go outside of the wagon Mm -hmm. he was like no ma i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna shit right here and that's what he would do and then there goes little Susie. oh man you know fuck she was she died of dysentery because she was covered in a mound of poo a la Mm -hmm. the uh the poo that ellie sticks her hand in 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 jurassic park from the triceratops Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. she was trying yeah, to save was the her. One that, that was the actual, that was the actual poo from Oregon Trail. Wow, all the connections mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was connected with Jurassic Park. Even yeah, they like got way off course, you know, going mm-hmm. through uh, Isla Sorna or whatever. Yeah. Um, seems like a, the the scenic route, you know, uh, for sure. But yeah, poop. Enjoy your <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> well, anyway, you McGregor. <clears throat> yep obi-wan disney plus we'll see how this plays out <laughs> <laughs> i forgot we were in, started talking about i know that. right it went on a lot of tangents i told you yeah it doesn't seem like something we'd do nah um okay so that's pretty much all i've got for for the news and i don't Sweet. think we have any other uh little bits of uh pop culture or anything so should we just uh swim into the oh. mouth of this great white absolutely mm. uh Brent, I'm very excited because I want to give our, our history of Jaws a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I, I don't remember the, the first time I've, I saw this movie. It's just always kind of been a part of my life. And as I got older and got more into film, I started really gravitating towards the films of Steven Spielberg and realizing well, the impact they had on my childhood. And as I got older, I just started realizing the quality of those films and how good of a filmmaker he was and they just grew on me and this is one of the main ones that i've loved for years and years but as i understand it you haven't seen this since you were a kid is that right yeah not not all the way through i remember seeing this when i was like i don't know i was super young i think like the last time i remember seeing this i was like maybe 10 or okay 11 something like that um but before that i think the first time I remember seeing this is at is at my babysitter's, but it was like with a um, uh, like a family thing. Like they would have, occasionally they would have uh, like a movie night or whatever. And mm-hmm. I remember going over there to watch some movies with like my mom and I think like my grandmother or something like that. Anyway, so we watched it then, and I just remember like holy shit! I mm. <laughs> like it scarred me to the point oh, where. Yeah. When I was when I was younger, um, there I got a little bit older. Um, from that point, we had a, a swimming pool, an above ground swimming pool. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go swimming. It's like summer, 
uh, summertime, so I was home by myself. I thought, oh, I'll go swimming. I got in the water. <laughs> I got about like three steps down on the ladder, and I was like, well, there's a fucking shark in here. Like, it doesn't make any sense, yeah. but it's just like like a primal, deep-seated fear. Absolutely. That's uh, in my bones. Um, it's a lot but, of people's uh, bones that way, yeah. The fear of going mm-hmm. swimming after this movie was uh, very palpable, I hear, from the 70s on, so. yeah. Fucking crazy. It's the, the the great shark hysteria, you know? There was actually, when I was going through the Wikipedia, looking at different facts and stuff of the movie and writing down some stuff, there was one I'm, I'm scrolling through to get there right now, but um, there was actually this, um, like, study or whatever uh, done about this movie because it, at least one person was said to have a case of cinematic neurosis derived from this movie. She was 17 years Whoa. old. And basically, it exhibited in mental health disturbances after she saw the movie. This is true. <laughs> um, where after she saw it, it didn't uh, it didn't like happen like during the movie. Basically, like she was kind of scarred from it. And then that night, she started having sleep disturbances and anxiety. And a day later, she started screaming "sharks, sharks!" and like convulsing. Oh um, like something about the movie like entered her brain and like really caused like real life anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. but it was so crazy and there was like a case study about it after that it was about that and the exorcist causing people uh, to have these cinematic neuroses which is very interesting I've never heard of such a thing but um, even mm-hmm. on, a, on a smaller level of not actual like mental health disturbances uh, everybody was just kind of affected by this movie there's something about it that's so fucking creepy that mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter like an above ground swimming pool in the fucking middle of Oklahoma you know you're like there's got to be a shark in here yeah, it, it's going to be swimming around yeah. i can feel it yeah. feel it in my bones it's just like this primal thing like it's yeah. um i don't know i and like ever since then anything having to do with like underwater anything like murky water like mm-hmm. and even the swimming pool like it was clear like i could stand at the top of it and see it was clear but there's something about like being shoulder deep in water yeah and just being able to see the top of yeah. it and you can't necessarily because of the light reflect uh, ref- <laughs> refracting <laughs> off the top water not being able to see underneath mm-hmm. you it's just i don't know it's like i'm getting it. anxiety know, just right? talking about it but um <laughs> i let me tell you this so i remember back in the day when the n64 came out the mm-hmm. nintendo 64 you know um i wanted one so bad and like some of my friends had one and i had saved up money to buy the system itself nice. but this was the first like nintendo system that didn't come with a game so you had to oh, like okay. buy one with it mm-hmm. and i like when it first launched there weren't like a ton of games that came out and i had heard some reviews about certain ones and like so i had a couple to choose from one of my friends had mario 64 so i figured i would just borrow it from him nice. so i went ahead and bought uh turok oh um, yeah the turok uh-huh. game um which was a like an, a first person shooter type game had dinosaurs in it. i was like fuck yeah yeah right so, so <laughs> i so I, I get home i open it up i, I plug it in, get everything set up um, plug in the game. I'm playing through it, having a blast, right? So I get through the first level. Awesome. Second level, you walk a little bit, then you have to go into an <laughs> underwater cave. And as you're diving down, there are these weird, like, dinosaur, like, swimming, like, creatures that come after you. I'm like, nah, son. So I turned that shit <laughs> off, and I was like, <laughs> like, dinner was ready at that time. And I remember just, like, sitting there with, like, my hand on my temple, just be like, oh, fuck. Like, I want to play this so bad. But it's just stressing me the fuck out. Yeah, it you really know, I, is, so. I never played Turok. It's one of those that oh. I always wanted to, but it's not one of the games that I got for it. Um, mm. And apparently, didn't need to. I would have just been scared out of my wits as well, maybe. Who right. Knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been seeing this commercial for uh, 47 meters down, uncaged. Mm. 
And my wife was like, oh, do you want to go see that? And I was like, hell no. No, <laughs> no fucking way. There's a... When we were visiting Denver uh, in the last few years, um, one of the friends of my brother, Danny, had just... He actually won from Taco Bell, um, Brent's favorite. Uh, he mm-hmm. had won a PlayStation VR system, like, through one oh. of their, their things. Like, you know, I know someone who actually won. It's crazy, but... Like a virtual uh, boy? Like a virtual boy. Uh, no, have you seen... Awesome. Have, you, have you seen, like, the PlayStation VR? They have, like, a, a VR setup now that hooks into your PlayStation 4. Oh, okay. Sorry, so, I was... For whatever reason, I was thinking like Nintendo is still like I, I'm still oh, traumatized yeah, yeah. from yeah. the, the Turok <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like yeah. the, the thing you wear on your face. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like you you put the mask on, whatever, and you you hook it up to your TV so people can see what you're seeing. But in in the thing, like you're in like 360 degree views of of whatever, and one of the ones is you being lowered down in a cage oh god into the oh ocean god. and at first Jesus it's really cool Christ. oh brent at first it's really cool because it's like the coral reefs and there's like just fish and it's like all this like there's like uh like stingrays and stuff which i love so like it's really like pleasant and then you just keep going and it's like not like a cave necessarily but like it gets like smaller like more like a trench and then eventually mm-hmm. they had already told me that eventually there are sharks and nobody in the group as far as i remember had made it that far because it's so scary because you're you can just look around anywhere and you're in a cage and there's there's just the ocean, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm fine. It's fine. And I was like, this is really cool because it's it's a pretty unique experience to have the VR and stuff. And I'm going down further and further and my anxiety started picking up before I even saw the sharks. Mm-hmm. The, the water just got darker. You couldn't see as well, yeah. like as, as far out and things weren't as colorful anymore. And I was just, I just noped the fuck out of there. I could not do it. So I think yeah. we kept it on the TV so you could at least see. But like I was like, I cannot be immersed in this experience right now i will i will shit myself i will have dysentery yeah. right now yeah so mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you it's some scary get shit that duck to eat out of my mouth <laughs> i gotta get out of here yeah. um so yeah pretty scary though that's uh it, it, and it, going back to jaws it's like there's it all stems from this right like i don't i'm sure like just deep water scary creatures not being able to see that far or whatever that's fine whatever but like something about it from this movie in particular just like got into the minds of everybody in the world that's seen it, you know, like we yeah. all share this collective experience of being like terrified of sharks and stuff. So, yeah. And it's, again, it's just like, uh, it's primarily embedded in us. Like it's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's an apex predator that's mm-hmm. in an environment that you ha- do not stand a chance in. It's just yeah. more entirely fucked unless you boop, yeah. just boop it on the nose. <laughs> Evidently, from what I hear. That's what I hear, yeah. Yeah. Terrifying, though. But I like this. Mm -hmm. I was reading some of the stuff about, like, shark groups, like shark uh, enthusiasts, people that want to, like, help the the endangered species and all that stuff or whatever, help Mm -hmm. conserve their uh, their species. And they're kind of mad about this movie because of, like, the the negative stereotypes they've given about sharks. And it, it, like, spawned a bunch of... There's, like, shark fishing competitions after this movie, apparently, where people were, like, just, like, killing them left and right which really mm-hmm. sucks. Um, but there was like, I guess a lot of like what sharks do actually in the wild is not very accurate in this movie, which is fine. It's just a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. But this, this stands almost as that, you know, as the like de facto truth that we all accept about sharks. You know, like I don't, <laughs> right. I'm sure I, I, people are into shark week. I'm not a huge like shark week fan on like discovery mm-hmm. channel and stuff, but so I don't really know much about sharks. I know about sharks from this movie and I'm terrified of them. And that's as much as I don't need to kill them. I just don't like to go in the ocean where they, they might be a whole lot. 
you know, mm-hmm. so. Well, that's the problem. We let these sharks into this country, and we all know they're murderers <laughs> and rapists, and that's, oh, that's what they do, you know? Oh, Get them out of here. Build that ocean wall, you know? Man, an ocean wall sounds very expensive. Mm-hmm. Will Mexico well, pay for it? We're, well, we're going to make Aquaman pay for it. You know, he's oh, a king. Oh, wow. He can, he can handle it. He yeah. has that full gold suit or whatever, right? Yeah, man. Holy shit. It's made out of uh, doubloons. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, like, so he, he can, can afford it. it. Yeah. He's got an octopus named Topo that can play the drums. Like, what? He can just, like, rent them out for birthday parties and shit. He'll, he's got money. I didn't know he had that. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, in my head... I don't know what you're talking about. It could be from the comics. It could be from the movie, which you said you Both. loved. But in my head, it's the uh, it's the scene from The Little Mermaid where they sing Under the Sea. And I just imagined it live action mm-hmm. with Aquaman and his mm-hmm. octopus friend. Wearing a sweater, don't wear it sweater. Take it from me. Right? Yep. That's, that's what I see. That's when he gets cold. He puts on a sweater. And maybe that's why you didn't like the movie so much because there was that musical interlude. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, there there is a very like Little Mermaid scene in Aquaman. I've I mentioned it before, where um, uh, Mera, played by oh boy, why did it leave my brain? What's her name? <laughs> oh, Holy boy. shit! I don't know. Who's in that movie? Uh, I forget. Like the the main like lead actress in that movie. Okay. She used to like be married to like Johnny Depp or whatever. Hell on Bob Carter. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh, she was married to uh, Burton, right? Yeah. Right. I just I assume all of them are they in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. I just assume it's just an open relationship. Um. Yeah, I can't think of her name. I'm gonna try to get your back and, and look this up right now. But okay. Well, anyway, she's like walking through like an outdoor like shopping area, and she's walking around. And she's like spinning around looking at like humans <laughs> and like what they do. Oh, they <laughs> sell wares. Oh, one of them brought me a like a Pinocchio book or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It, it seemed very much like out of the Little Mermaid, and she has red hair in that movie. Does she so. have the seashell top? Mm, she might as well have. You know, pretty sexy. Uh, Amber yeah. Heard. Amber Heard, yeah. Who you're talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was worth it. That was a nice detour. I think everyone enjoyed that. Yeah, so anyway, we're here talking about Aquaman. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, so so going back to your history of it, you hadn't seen it since you are about 10 or 11. Kind of scarred right. you for life, uh, mm-hmm. like a soul. And then uh, you watched it last night, I assume. Yes, yeah, right. I watched it last night. Um, we had a... Uh, uh, a party of uh, it was like a birthday party for like August birthdays for my wife's oh, running group cool. so we went there and uh, we stayed there up through like 1030 or whatever I got home I was like I'll start this I'll be fine I'll make it through this pretty easily yeah. so I <laughs> just made myself a <laughs> cup of coffee and was sitting there watching this and I turned it on and uh, it almost stopped me in my tracks when I saw the movie it was two hours long yeah. I was like holy shit I didn't realize they made two hour movies but um <laughs> That's all. That's reserved we, for podcasts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, we have to go twice as long now, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a rule. It's a four-hour show. Um, no, yeah. So, are we are we just getting into the uh, the movie discussion? Maybe not necessarily the the plot, but are we are we talking about the yeah? The maybe movie we'll do itself? some non-spoiler, just kind of how we generally felt or kind of thing. Okay. Cool? So, um, yeah, non-spoilery. So I was watching the movies, and you know, I, I or movie, I turned it on. Like I said, saw it was two hours. I was like, shit, this is going to be a struggle to get through. But this this movie moves at a pretty good pace. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, 
even the slower moments are interesting. You know, there's like stuff happening and um, they just don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah. Um, where <laughs> I noticed that there would be something happening in the foreground, but then also something happening in the background, kind of like, uh, like toward the beginning of the movie where um, Brody answers the phone mm-hmm. and then his wife and son are in the background and they're talking, but everyone's like in the same volume. Yeah. So they're all like talking over each other <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought that was uh, interesting, um, but uh, but I think it all it all worked, and uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I was really impressed. Um, a few years ago, I pulled it up on Netflix, and we started watching it in bed. And this was like, you know, like three four years ago, mm-hmm. and um, we started it, and we intended to finish it the like next day, but we never got around to it. And I remember thinking at that point, I was like, man, this seems a little bit slow, and I just didn't seem to. I, I didn't feel like I was into it all that much. Uh-huh. So I was a little bit like dreading watching it this time, but I didn't have any of those issues oh, this cool. time. I was just like fully in it. Yeah. I, I, I could see that a little bit. Um, what I think about this movie that's good about it with it being longer and that you said it moves at a good pace is that it's, it's, you can almost divide it into like different segments of the movie and not, not just like the typical mm-hmm. three act structure, but it's like, I was reading about it being like the influences and stuff of like horror or is it a thriller film is it a comedy? Like there's so many aspects of it that he employs. And like the, the beginning of it is kind of like, there's a new chief in town and then there, you know, it starts with like shark attacks a little bit. And then like that, the last half of the movie kind of changes it up and it's like the shark hunt and everything. So there's like, it's almost like different movies that play out throughout it. Um, with different sets of the characters and stuff. So it it can be really interesting Mm -hmm. because it's not just like, like that last third of the movie or whatever with the shark hunt is like a movie unto itself. Like all you can say is they need to kill a shark and that's the movie, you know, and it it works. So it's, uh, I think it kind of moves fast because it's like, you're feeling like almost like, it's almost like episodic maybe. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's structure that you get, um, kind of different segments of that and then it kind of moves along. So, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, like I said, I've, I've loved this movie for a long time. I think Spielberg is uh, just a masterful director. And it's so interesting because he had done like a, a TV movie called Duel, which I still have never seen. Um, I told Amanda, it's basically like Joyride with Paul Walker and Steve Zahn. Oh, okay. um, it's like yeah. a, 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 an insane trucker is like chasing a guy or whatever. And I hear it's like pretty rad. Um, and it was actually Spielberg, one of the reasons he got this job, I feel, uh, from what I've heard, whatever, was that it's it's kind of like the menacing being chasing like the main character or whatever. So this is kind of like a oh, similar sure. idea. And then yeah. he did a movie called the Sugarland Express, which was his first like feature film, which I still haven't seen either. It's with Goldie Hawn. Um, and then he did this. So this was like his big first movie. He was 26 years old when he started filming this, which wow. blows my fucking mind. Uh, That's insane. Yeah. yeah. And he'd been, you know, directing stuff since he was a little kid or whatever, uh, home movies and whatnot. But Still, like this being the basically second major feature of the of a filmmaker, the first one that put him on the map, like it's out of this world good for for that, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. obviously really put him on the map. Uh, one of the things I read was he was worried uh, after the really troubled production, which I'll off some numbers about later on about like uh, budget and the uh, length of time it went over uh, for like timing constraints and stuff. Um, he was just like, this is going to ruin me. I'll never direct a picture again. And someone said, like, if he'll, if he'll do it and finish it, one of the producers was like, you'll, you'll be able to do anything you want to do for the rest of your life, the rest of your career. And this mm-hmm. launched him into everything, you know. Um, he did do everything yeah. he wanted to do. So 
I just think it's a, a masterful achievement. Um, and there's there's so many aspects of it that are just really fun. Like as I've watched it over the years, and I'll kind of just like take apart scenes. There's so many human moments in this. There's so so many like dramatic. Um, thriller like horror moments i still fucking jumped twice yesterday when i watched it even though i know what's <laughs> gonna happen you know yeah it's just fucking crazy it's so cool so um i think it's important to note that you know this movie being so good so early in his career and then all of the other incredible works that have come from mr spielberg they're great but mm. also let's keep in mind as mentioned on the previous episode he did direct BFG, <laughs> which, according to a person I know, was a piece of shit. Therefore, he is a bad director. I think we can all agree yep. that's a totally rational way to look at everything. Absolutely. If if something is perfect up to a certain point where something is not to your taste, it's terrible. And, um, yeah. Yep. That, that's a very internet way to look at things. Uh, so. Absolutely. And that yeah. person is right. And because of that yep. movie, which I still haven't seen... Because it's going to mm-hmm. be so terrible. I'm disowning Steven Spielberg from this moment on. Mm-hmm. I do not like this film. No, Jaws <laughs> was terrible. I was looking back at it. It's like, oh, you know what? Jaws is just a big friendly giant of the water. Like yeah. when you really look at it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And sure, like some of these shots are massively done. You know, the way they use color in this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the performances of the actors, all fantastic. But a scant... 40 years from this movie. There's going to be a movie with a CGI giant in it. Ugh. Gross. It's an adaptation of a book that people love, and I think the movie was kind of like middlingly received. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it terrible? I don't think so, but like this guy, you know, didn't like it. So, yeah. yeah. Nice try, Spielberg. You know? <laughs> you ruined it all. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you tried to pull one over on us. But guess what? We're not falling for it, baby. Uh, uh, so, uh, since we're still in history talk about yeah. this, uh, about our time with this too, I, I talked to my parents last night and happened to bring up we were watching this movie, and mm-hmm. so I asked them their uh, interpretation of you know the events as they actually saw them in 1975 going to the theater to yeah. see this. They, uh, if I recall correctly, they married in 75 or 76. I feel like 75, Because though. of this movie? Because of this movie. They got married yeah. at Jaws the Ride. Like, <laughs> they, they, they both went in to see Jaws, like, separately, but they happened to sit next to each other. Uh-huh. But it got so scary, they just, like, held on to each other. And that was it. Love at first sight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, That's how it works. They got married at one of the... They got married whenever the kid... You know, well, I don't want to get into spoiler, but someone mm-hmm. dies. And, uh, yeah. and that's when he popped the question. Yeah. Uh, it was just a lovely event. Um, Very romantic. The blood yeah. was... Raining down, you know, uh-huh. it was very romantic. The, the color red, obviously, is very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's just lovely. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, they didn't have a lot to say about it, necessarily. But uh, they, they talked about um, the feeling of watching this with a brand new audience in 1975. And everybody in the audience collectively jumping at the same moments. That's awesome. And it almost gives me shivers to think about it. Because I've always seen this movie on home video. And I've never experienced it with like a, a crowd at all, let alone a crowd in 1975. And I compared it to, it's like my world, I've always like, you know, we were born, like I, we always grew up with Star Wars. Like that's just mm-hmm. always been a part of my universe. Right. I don't know what the world was like when that film took over the imagination of everybody in the world in 1977. 
yeah. what an experience to have had, you know. Um, my older brother Danny remembers seeing Return of the Jedi in theaters. He was born in 79, I think. So he was like just like four years old or something like that. But he rem- that's one of his like first theater memories. How cool is that, right? Like yeah. we don't, I don't have that thing with Star Wars or with Jaws. And just how cool that, that would have been to uh, – this was like the first – we'll get into this a little bit later too. But this is like the first major blockbuster uh, start of that whole blockbuster era that led into Star Wars being made and, and becoming the juggernaut it was as well. And it's just cool to hear you know, their little tales about uh, what that was like seeing it mm-hmm. for the first time uh, in 1975. So, Sure. Pretty hey, cool. Um, do- do you happen to have the the cast list pulled up? Because there's not a, a massive cast on here. Um, if you want to run through the cast, I've got mm-hmm. a, a plot synopsis that I worked up. Uh, Fantastic! That I'll, Very excited. I'll, uh, lay out for everyone. <laughs> so yeah, this was uh, directed by Spielberg. Obviously, it was um, based gross. on a book. <laughs> gross. I said gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, based on a book called Jaws by uh, an author named Peter Benchley. And uh, it was actually sold before that book came out, and uh, they were creating the movie. So he did the first run of the screenplay, and then uh, Carl Gottlieb is uh, another guy. He was uh, listed on the screenplay. A bunch of other people did some uncredited rewrites and and everything. Uh, It stars Roy Schneider um, as Chief Brody, Robert Shaw as the um, disgruntled fisherman, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, Uh, Richard Dreyfuss as the... I can't remember his name now. He's like a marine biologist who comes mm-hmm. to uh, help them figure out what, what sharks are all about. Lorraine Gary as Roy Schneider's wife, the chief's wife, and Murray Hamilton as the mayor, uh, the lovely mayor with the awesome suit jackets. Yeah, that was pretty had cool. On them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's got some like crazy style. Like there's one yeah. time at the city council meeting he has just like a like a tan or like a taupe looking blazer uh-huh. i was like oh what happened there you know, yeah he must hate thursdays up. or something like that you know but, <laughs> but every other time we saw him it's just like in, in incredibly like patterned uh, yeah. clothing so it's it pretty, pretty I don't, strange i don't know that i and that seems kind of like a 70s thing i don't know that anybody can pull that off now um mm-hmm. except for that dude if he's still rocking that i think he can pull it off but uh yeah he's definitely a character in this in this movie right. yeah, his suit jackets yeah. love were a character in this movie <laughs> All right. So, so you, have a, you have a cool plot for this, huh? Um, yes, I do. So <laughs> as I was watching it, I was like, I wonder what the because I, I don't exactly remember what the plot was other than there's a shark that's trying to kill people or like mm-hmm. who has what role or whatever. <clears throat> but as I was watching this, I was like, OK, I think I've got like a general like plot outline <laughs> if people have never seen this. And it's like like you were saying, the movie's been around forever so I'm sure mm-hmm. people have seen this, but just in case they haven't seen it in a while or have never seen it, I, I believe it's available to stream on Netflix or something like that. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah, it's around. It just just mm-hmm. just walk outside we'll your house and, and start screaming Jaws. Yeah. And <laughs> someone will, will hand you a VHS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you do with a VHS is up to you. Yeah. So you know you you do what you got to do. So here's the plot that I've come up with. Awesome. The chief of police of a small island town must deal with bureaucracy while attempting to apprehend an aquatic serial killer. <laughs> Fantastic, dude. Yeah. Man, right. that really sells it. And look, there are some other things, like you said, there's a, a marine biologist and a, a, a salty sea captain mm-hmm. dude that Ooh, come into yes. play. But um, yeah, yeah, for the most part, that's kind of like the 
the general thrust of the movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Besides the shark thrusting itself through the water. Oh. You know? mm. And into our hearts. Oh, and butts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so do you want to go ahead and get into some spoiler talk? Sure, yeah, let's good. do it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So here be spoilers. Batman shows up. <laughs> when Batman showed up, I I was like, first off, where's Robin? He's got to yeah. show up later on, you know? But mm-hmm. um, I just didn't, I don't know, like the Cape Crusader, Chief Brody, there's just two, two strong characters there trying to figure out a mystery. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. sure that it was really necessary, but it worked, you know? Well, I mean, when Batman's in the water, you're like, oh, fuck. Batman is, he's going to die at this point. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh, wait. I bet he's in about that time. Reaches then the utility belt. Boom, bitch. Shark repellent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't there like a real thing about that from the old show yep. or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like picturing this thing. Did he like ride on a shark or dolphins or something? I feel <laughs> no, like I've seen that like was this. the fawns. <laughs> well, okay. I think. Uh, maybe I'm con- yeah, yeah confusing the two. Yeah. They're just both well, so mean, fucking cool. It's easy to do because the fawns does show up in the in this, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, what should we call this shark? And they like put a, they have a, a like a, like a marquee and there's a, a collection of letters and they're all over the place. And then you see this, like kind of this J somewhat mm-hmm. near a, a W and an S and like, man, I'm, I'm sure we could do something with these letters. And the fawn shows up and he's like, Hey, and then somebody's <laughs> like, Oh, here we go. And we just move an A over there. It's like, we call him Jaws. <laughs> Wow, I didn't realize he was part of the title. Like, he helped mm-hmm. create that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to stay after the credits. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many cool facts you're going to learn on this show today, you know? Yeah. Everybody. That's awesome. Like we said on the previous episode, facts and fiction colliding for this movie. <laughs> um, so, let's get, into, uh, let's get into this flick. All right? I okay. got a bunch of notes going on. Yeah, please. Yeah, take the, take the lead for sure. Awesome. So, yeah. first off. Awesome. Hey. <laughs> Show's good. Yeah. Um, that uh, that opening scene, right? Yes. The iconic yeah. opening scene of mm-hmm. the skinny dipper mm-hmm. who uh, goes out at night after uh, a little party where they're smoking doobies and drinking beer on the beach at a bonfire playing guitar. Sounds like a real good time, just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Goes off, runs off with a, with a, a boy toy who uh, quickly <laughs> collapses on the beach. <laughs> Yeah. A boy toy. A boy toy. Uh-huh. All right, um, Amanda, <laughs> Amanda, when she was watching this uh, with me last night, they're like running. She's like, that chick's like stripping or whatever, and they're getting there, and yeah. Amanda's like, they're going to fuck, uh, which I was very appreciative of. Um, well, one of them like, got fucked. Absolutely. Yep. So, like, she gets in the water, and that whole scene is like – like I said, this is so iconic, and people know about this. I feel like whether you've seen Jaws or not, when most people just seem to have at some point. But uh, I, uh, Amanda had kind of forgotten. She was like, "Wait, that guy just like did he just like fall asleep?" And I was like, "Yeah, I watched this. I watched the beginning twice. I watched it the other day, and decided not to finish the movie yet. And I, I watched it last night, and I was like, I had forgot about that. He is completely ob- oblivious to the entire death of this <laughs> yeah. chick." He does yeah. not know. And then afterwards, like when he's leading Chief Brody out there, he's he's telling him like he's like, yeah, I don't know. Like she just disappeared. Like I don't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just was like fucking hammered apparently and mm-hmm. does not remember. So I yeah I'd forgotten about that a little bit. But uh, well, it's it's interesting because yeah you you do think they're gonna have sex and she starts taking off her clothing. She takes off her top and she's running and you see some mm-hmm. like side boob. Yeah. And it had been such a long time shadows. since I'd seen this that I was like. 
wait, is there is there nudity in this yeah. movie? And I couldn't remember what this movie was rated. I would assume it's R, but is this before the like oh, Brent. ratings board thing? I'm so glad you bring this up. This oh. movie is PG. What? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. This is a this PG movie, is movie PG. with all the like, <laughs> oh, slaughtering. <laughs> Holy shit. Because one no of the idea. reviews, like mostly this movie has really great reviews from people back in, you know, for, for all time. But mm-hmm. uh, in the section of Wikipedia about like bad reviews or whatever, someone said, this is pretty traumatizing for kids, but it's rated <laughs> PG. But this is, yeah, this yeah. is before they created a PG-13 in the, in the 80s. So all they had were like PG and R and like really thinking back on it, like it's pretty violent, but there's not like, there's not a whole lot to the movie. Like even the violent parts are, are few and far between, you know, they're just really violent. Doesn't, um, doesn't somebody say fuck in this movie? Isn't that I word remember. used? Or I was going to say, yeah. there's not a whole lot of cussing, but there might've yeah. been like a, a fuck or, or, you know, some things here and there. Yeah. And Maybe then, that yeah, was me. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I got scared. <laughs> There's that uh, bouncing, running side boob. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but anyway, she like goes out and, like you said, she um, she hops in the in the drink, goes for a swim, and uh, that's when you know she gets uh, slaughtered by uh, Bruce the shark. Yep. Um, and then the guy, he like you said, he passes out on the beach or whatever, and he's he said, "I'm not drunk," but yeah. like he clearly <laughs> is, right? He can't get his shoes off, so he just passes out on the on the beach. We've all been there, right? Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> And then when he brings Chief Brody back out there, like, it's weird that he uh, he mentioned, like, yeah, I was going to have sex with this chick, but uh couldn't find her, so I just jacked off on the beach. <laughs> you can see it there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought that was seafoam. He's like, no, that was me. Um, anyway, yes, a so, tiny jellyfish. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it was me. Yeah, it's interesting for a PG movie. You know, they put yeah. that in there, but it's definitely there. Um, yeah, and they, they hold on, on the jizz rope for yeah. a while. <laughs> As the moonlight glistens. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, oh, uh, yeah, it's really well epic. shot. Yeah, it's really well shot. You can't you can't deny it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I let's talk about the, uh, is it John Williams that did the score? Uh-huh. It's like the yep. iconic song. Like when that music kicks on, like it kicks in mm. so slowly at the beginning, yeah. And uh, like as as it's like taking you through the um, like there's a shot of like underwater mm-hmm. and like kind of going through like reefs and shit. Um, and uh, man, it's just like uh, so haunting. Just those like two notes, yeah. You know, that's all Incredible. you need, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not just Steven Spielberg. This is. Um, one of John Williams' first movies. He had, he had also done the music for Sugarland Express, Spielberg's first feature, um, oh. like the year before. And then he did this, and he credits this movie with kickstarting his career into what it is today. And they've collaborated on almost everything Spielberg's done. But uh, yeah, it's so funny, just those two notes. Like, it is widely known as one of the best scores of all time. And mm-hmm. um, he even won an Academy Award for that, for the score. Um, it's just It's just iconic. It's fucking haunting. Um, everybody hears that and like you can still like to this day like people just do that like and everybody knows what that is you know it's so crazy Mm -hmm. but it works simple yeah you hear that on a uh, fucking oboe or a Mm -hmm. what is it Uh, one of those things in the the thing a tuba it's a tuba it's not a tuba I set it up. You spiked that bitch there down. That was go. so fucking good. We got a Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So I'll let you, I'll let you pick it up from there. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, just to re- recap real quick, cause that scene is really cool. Um, she was pulled around on wires to oh, simulate okay. the shark dragging her around. And, um, mm-hmm. from what I remember seeing, I think I've seen a documentary about this before. I just didn't have time to watch it for this show, but, um, she was, she used to be a stunt woman turned actress and, uh, oh, okay. they cast her in the movie, I think because of that, but also she was, uh, she was willing to go nude for it. So that actually was like a stipulation, obviously they were going like skinny dipping at night. Um, but anyway, what I heard was she, uh, she actually did get kind of like dragged around and like hurt a little bit. Like she didn't like that oh, yeah. experience very much. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty terrifying. And, uh, the way that that whole scene is shot is gorgeous. There's, there's like moonlight glistening on the water, but also at different shots, like when the guy is on the beach and stuff, there's like a, a sunset behind some clouds. And then yeah. you can see it behind her a little bit too, that it's, uh, it's just like that, that golden hour, right? Where it's like just, yes. the, the sun's like just finishing. And it's mm-hmm. just that, that very beginning of the movie, it was a big part of the marketing campaign, uh, when I was reading about it, that the, uh, the, the iconic poster as well of the shark coming up below the woman and that like first scene. And then those, those notes, those, those two notes from John Williams, like sold the movie and, uh, man, it starts off so fun because it's like, they couldn't get the shark to work all the time on set. And so you don't even see it. You don't see anything in that scene. You don't even see her like mm-hmm. really any blood or anything. Cause it's at night, you know, but it yeah. sets the tone for the whole movie. And it's so fucking terrifying. So just really well, when, uh, master masterful again. Yeah. When you, when you say they couldn't get the shark to work, like there's an animatronic shark that they had mm-hmm. that they would use for like certain scenes. And, and you see that in the movie, but yeah, from what I understand it's not, they couldn't use it as often as they wanted because of yeah. it's like a robot in the water, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you don't see anything. But I, I think it works to the movie's benefit that you don't sure. see it early on. And a lot of people references like, you know, we're going to do this like Jaws where you don't see the killer till till the very mm-hmm. end or whatever. Um, but it works so well in this because you do get to see the shark quite a bit at the end. Later on. Yeah. So, it, so it's it's worth worth the wait for that. Yeah. Um, and there are certain parts in this movie where, especially later on, when you see the shark, where you see something in the water, and you're like, oh, that that's cool. That looks real. And then I'm like, wait, that's not that's not CGI. They didn't have CGI yeah. back then. So I don't even know how they did it unless they had like a separate shark that was like made for like full body viewing, like slightly underwater, you know? Yeah, you they know had they had three different versions of the shark, the animatronic shark. Um, they were all called Bruce, um, which is mm-hmm. named after Spielberg's lawyer, apparently. Um, oh. Bruce, but, um, they had a one that was on like a, a gimbal on the bottom. So it was the shark, um, the belly was just removed and that's where it was like hooked on to like a, something to make it move or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like the, most of the shark could be seen from the top and the sides and stuff. And then they had a left flank and a right flank version where the other side of it was cut out. So they would have the animatronic parts and they had like. I think it was like 14 or 20 different guys working parts of the shark at the same time. Holy shit. Um, which is crazy to make it do whatever. So they had like, you could film it from the right or you could film it from the left. Those are like the three versions. And then they said that they had so many troubles with it because obviously they're just in salt, like in salt water. So they'd have salt water erosion against the electronics. The neoprene covering of the, of the shark is supposed to be water like resistant, but it would take on the water and the whole shark would just swell. Oh, and, wow. and like look gross or whatever um they would have uh one i didn't expect but it makes total sense they would get caught in the forest of seaweed on the ocean floor wow so like they're all the different stuff moving it around would get caught in there and they'd have to like spend time doing that so 
Spielberg had talked about um, in some of the reviews and stuff I saw, or the, the interviews and stuff, that he was kind of going more for like a, a horror film that was going to be more like schlocky, like more you were going to see the shark all the time throughout it, and mm-hmm. it was going to be like goofier, basically. Um, and uh, but then they he couldn't, and it ended up becoming this great decision because it became more like Hitchcockian, where you just don't see mm-hmm. anything, and the tension builds forever. And that that becomes like what this movie is based on is like you don't see it all the time, and then you see yeah. it later on, and it's still fucking scary. Like they do a great job, like you said, of it just looks fucking good. Yeah. Um, and then they also had some live live shark footage that was shot by some people in Australia that are like shark people, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So like some of the scenes were actual sharks uh, that they would use like more like miniature things around them to make them look bigger. Like miniature yeah. boats and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they they did a good job of like mixing everything together, and making it look so fucking terrifying and real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they really did. I was really impressed with like how did they do that? Like, yeah. you know, like like I can't even imagine watching this in seventy um, five mm-hmm. and seeing all this and just like the spectacle of everything. Like, yeah. somebody, you mean somebody built three different robots? Yeah. <laughs> to look like a shark just to shoot this movie like it yeah even it, here in 2019 that still kind of blows my mind that that was a possibility totally like some somebody did that to make entertainment you know yeah right that's yeah. insane that's insane to me and the the cost of the production ballooned over time as things kept going longer and longer but uh I, from what i saw online the the sharks themselves ended up costing three million dollars and shit. 75 money you know um so it's like they they were like expensive for yeah just like for one movie right like for yeah. for entertainment it's pretty fucking crazy so holy shit they really went there so yeah. uh, next note I have was just a, a fun one that I had seen recently there was a video there's a video on on YouTube that's really cool I think it's like from like GQ or something that is um, with the Duffer Brothers of Stranger Things it's oh. like a thirty minute video that they go through most of the Easter eggs uh, that they put into Stranger Things most of the stuff that it references and one of them that I loved was uh, Hopper's car, his, his like SUV and Stranger Things, is mimicked from Brody's truck in this one, like the coloring. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's got I see like the now, white yeah. stripe on the side, and then like mm-hmm. a, it's like flanked almost like a tan, I guess, or whatever. Um, but Brody's truck has always been fun. I don't know why. I've always loved it since I was a kid. I really loved like Jeeps when I was a kid. I always wanted like an open air thing. Oh, and yeah. he has this like truck, though with like just like a roll bar and it's just all like open and i was like that's so weird but it's awesome i love it so it's very like beachy you know yeah absolutely yeah yeah and i guess because i didn't grow up around beaches and stuff i just thought that was probably everywhere around beaches i don't know but it seems like it rains right there like it it seems like that would be an issue but you know whatever (laughs) whatever just cover your seats (laughs) it looks fucking cool though hell yeah um so the next note i have is you know Basically, the generic plot to go a little bit more than than your awesome description of it is Chief Brody is like a was like a New York cop. He wanted to get his family out of the city. I think especially what I've heard of New York in the seventies, which when it was like awful, just like dirty and mm-hmm. gross and crime ridden and stuff. And so he was dealing with a lot of like homicides and all this horrible stuff there. Couldn't trust his kids by themselves, so he moves out to uh, Amity Island in uh, Massachusetts to become the police uh, chief of police there. And where nothing happens, he says at one point that there's never been like a, a murder or a, like a even like a gunshot or like victim or something like that. I think I remember what it was like in like 20 years or whatever. So he wants like the quiet life. Unfortunately, he moves there right during the uh, worst shark attack 
they've seen in, you know, a hundred years or something. So, uh, you know, he's dealing with that. Like you said, he's dealing with the bureaucracy. He has to deal with the mayor all the time. Everybody's making their money on the visitors that come out to Amity Island for the 4th of July weekend and the rest of the summer. They don't want to shut the beaches down, but they find this woman who was killed by the shark. Um, They don't close the beaches because of the money and stuff. And then it keeps progressing over the week that it keeps killing more and more people. So the next death that we see is he's with his kids uh, and his family and everybody's family's on the beach and he's terrified of the water as well. Like that's a a fun fact. I like uh, this movie or fun like character thing that he doesn't like the water at all. He's a, he's afraid of drowning. Um, And so he doesn't even go out in the, in the ocean generally at all. And he's terrified of this shark attack though might happen again. And as they're out there, there's like a little kid named Alex Kintner who, um, asks his mom to go out for like 10 more minutes and he goes out there and this fucking scene is so awesome i love everything about it there's so many um awesome Mm -hmm. ways that it was filmed and then the kid's death is terrifying um but my first thing is there's this scene i don't know if you if you noticed it it's one of my very favorite shots of all time there's a scene of brody on the beach in his little beach chair and it it shows him at like a, a wide angle and someone passes by the frame and it's just a closer angle of him. So instead of like a zoom or instead of like an edit from a different angle, it's the same framing. It just gets closer. And then another person crosses in front of him and it gets closer. And it's all really quick. It's just like one yeah. person, wham. And it just goes in. And it's so like fascinating to me. It's, it's just beautiful. Um, and then he see, you know, he's like watching the kids out in the ocean and stuff. And you see kind of like the – I think you just see like a little bit of like the dorsal fin and like a little bit of the shark like shape, like the darkness of it. And mm-hmm. the kid kind of go under, and an eruption of blood just goes up. <laughs> yeah, so much. So much. So and much, And it's fucking yeah. gross. Amanda was, like, appalled. It was so funny. She hadn't seen this in a long time, so it was really funny to, like, hear her experience of this next to me. And, uh, man, that scene still is so fucking jarring. Mm-hmm. Creepy. When we started watching this last night after we got home, um, my wife, she passed out, like, pretty quickly (laughs) but she watched that first scene where um the the skinny dipper uh gets killed and she was like where's the blood and then i was like oh maybe this is like um that first halloween movie where Mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of it or whatever but then we get to this scene i was like oh there it is there yeah we found it (laughs) they really went there (laughs) yeah they found the food coloring we're good (laughs) yeah i saw too that uh spielberg requested the costume designers and the set decorators and stuff not to use the color red in anything because he wanted blood to be the only red you really ever see so it'd be really Mm -hmm. jarring and uh man to good effect it fucking is red it is there so that's kind of uh after i watched the movie i I pulled up youtube and you know did some research and really Mm -hmm. spent some time on it um (laughs) and i saw that somebody had mentioned that that kid, Alex, he is the only one wearing red in that scene, kind of mm. signifying that he's going to be the one. Oh, he's going to be the uh, one, yeah. Yeah, that gets it. So, um, but there's other characters in the scene that use yellow. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is like a lot of the colors in this, the scene in particular, um, a lot of the colors are like a little more saturated than mm-hmm. the normal. Um, like the, uh, the kid throwing the stick for his dog is wearing a yellow shirt. And then Alex's mom has a yellow hat on. And then there's, um, yeah, it's a lot of yellow. Like a, yeah. Yeah. A lot of yellow. Um, so it's almost like, um, like a, a caution, like in, in traffic 
signal Ooh, terms yeah. or whatever. Okay. Um, and then also the color blue is is pretty prominent as well with the the sky and then the the water and then um there's like clothing like um the anytime somebody wears blue it's it's like very like vibrant or whatever Mm -hmm. oh shit i'm wearing blue now i was gonna say your shirt (laughs) i'm getting nervous uh but um yes it's it's just a really nice balance of all of that because a lot of the other colors are like earth tony and and whatnot um and uh even though this is like you were saying, it's kind of like a mixture of a horror movie and then like sometimes a comedy or whatever. Like if it is classified as a horror movie, which people tend to gravitate toward, this is like it primarily takes place during the day, except for that opening scene, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it's all these like vibrant colors and very like kind of earthy, but like saturated on like the, the primary hues. So it's, it's very interesting to mm-hmm. look at it as a horror movie because it's atypical in that way. Yeah, for sure. Being so yeah. in the, that's what makes it so terrifying too. Like anything you can do in the daylight and still be terrifying is like extra because you're not even yeah. like relying on the night, you know? Because you think it's like, it's safe. Yeah, it's exactly. during the day. All, all, all the lights are on. You know, Carl Winslow has turned on all the lights <laughs> for all of the good little boys and girls to see. But uh, yeah, here we are. Here I just are. imagined Carl Winslow, a giant space god, mm-hmm. flipping a switch and just smiling his smile and saying, mm-hmm. you're welcome, Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to Big me? <laughs> Wait, no, that's uh that's Full House, isn't it? Yeah, that's a Full oh, House yeah. theme song. Oh what fuck. That's the Family Matters theme song though. Family Matters and Carl Winslow. They'll shoot your ass unless you are the neighbor. That's it. That's that is yeah. it. Uh-huh. Man, yeah. what a good theme song. Uh um, pretty memorable. I don't know how I forgot it at first, but so uh, after Alex dies, there's another awesome shot that I love, uh, which is called mm-hmm. a, a, a zolly or a, a oh I know a, what you're talking about a dolly zoom, um, and it's uh, to signify that Brody has seen this that it's terrifying whatever, uh, yeah. and it like zooms in on him, but he stays the same size in the frame, and the background is the one that zooms. Uh, and it's a fascinating shot, uh, where essentially, I don't, I feel like I've talked about this on the show before. I'm not positive, but, uh, I'm not sure what else it would have been in, but essentially you, uh, you have like a, a track, a dolly track, and then you can zoom as well to do the same thing. If you want to like get, get up closer to someone's face, you could either zoom or you could dolly to them. And if you combine those and do them opposite, if you move forward on the dolly and you zoom backwards, the person will stay the same size and in the same portion of the frame, but the background will rapidly move. And it's this really mm-hmm. cool effect that, uh, I don't know if this is one of, I, I think this is one of the first movies that did it, if I remember correctly, but it's, uh, it's such a great visual indication of this scene of like the terrifying nature of what he's seeing. Yeah. Uh, it's so fucking cool, man. I just love this scene. I, I love that, that type of shot. I didn't know it had a name. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's awesome. I love seeing that in movies. Like yeah. they used it like in the like mid two thousands and different things. I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this looks so cool. It's just um, cool. <laughs> it really is. And it, and, and it yeah. really for like a better term, like snaps that reality into focus, you yeah. know? Like you can see like, oh shit, this just got real. Like, yeah, right. yeah. like it just yeah, just the the whole that whole type of shot just really signifies he can see what is happening and like everything else just goes by the wayside for yeah. him like that's his main focus yeah, like what a great visual way to indicate what's going on in his mind in that yeah. you know like yeah. oh it's just terrifying and then so everybody like 
I like this too because Amanda was like, "Why is everybody running in the water?" And it's like they're all getting their kids out and stuff. But like, there's a fucking mm-hmm. shark, right? Like, who just murdered this kid thirty mm-hmm. feet from shore? And uh, it's it's terrifying though. Right? Well, it's funny at first because Brody doesn't like the water, so he literally goes ankle deep. He will not go. He will not go to his shins. His yeah. wife runs out to get their kids, <laughs> but he is like, I will not go out there. Uh, but yeah. he's just yelling for everybody to come in and it's terrifying because everybody grabs their kids and it's, it's just the Mrs. Kittner. It's just the mom of the kid that died who's alone, like yelling for her boy. And it's so heart wrenching yeah. at that mm-hmm. moment, um, to like realize like yours is the one that's not there. And right. then, you know, like you don't know until that point it's chaos, but man, it's uh, oh, it's just so hard to watch. You know, I noticed in this movie that anytime there was a, the parents of a kid, and it was hard to tell with her at first because she was kind of wrapped up. She had like these big ass sunglasses and this mm-hmm. crazy hat and everything. But like later she shows up and slaps Chief Brody. Yeah. And like, were these people like fucking well into their 50s and shitting out kids? Like, super <laughs> late. like everyone who's an adult is like an That's adult true. and should have grandchildren by today's standards. Yeah. But here they're just like, yeah, I'm 80, 87. Here's my four-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda noticed at one point, or not. A, okay, so she she mentioned that the there's another lady on the beach later on. I think she's the one that owns the hotel uh, and the like the town hall meeting thing. She is so leathery tan <laughs> that yeah, maybe maybe they're actually all in their thirties. They just oh, look okay. like they've aged like twenty years. I don't know, but yeah. uh, I'm definitely with you. We don't use sunblock hair, sweetie. We yeah. just uh, we just let our cigarette ashes cover our skin. <laughs> there is another one that I I'm remembering in particular though, though when they've they've opened they've reopened the beaches, and the mayor. This is later on. The mayor is uh, like nobody's in the water, and he goes up to a guy who is clearly older. <laughs> he has gray hair, and he's like, "Get in the water." And it just shows he and his wife, and they're like, "Okay," and they get up and they. They pick up three children, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're their grandchildren. But now I'm like, no, I think that you're right. I think those are just their kids, and everybody's yeah, just fucking old. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they don't um, mention it at all, but. That was kind of a weird scene where the mayor was like, hey, nobody's out in the water. Let me go have this old-ass <laughs> motherfucker yeah. get in the water show it's okay. <laughs> Look, even this old piece of shit can do it. Yeah. Everyone else get out there. But it really, but, it, it starts the whole, like, every, like that, one, that one family goes out, and everybody's like, oh, cool, there's no sharks here. That is, yeah. that is not... Makes sense. No, yeah, you guys not... are still all dangerous. Yeah, or yeah. in danger. Yeah. Um, so the next scene is uh, the introduction of Quint, the, uh, the the sea captain. <laughs> yeah, okay. With the nails on the fucking chalkboard. That, that was my note. That was my note. Is, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the fingernails on the chalkboard, that used to be a thing. Like, I remember it being in, there was an episode of The Simpsons where, mm. like, Bart or Miss Krabappel or somebody like did the nails on a chalkboard. I just remember that being uh-huh. like a prominent thing back when I was growing up. Yeah. Like we never really had it in school when I was growing up. Uh, we were very poor. We didn't have chalkboards. Uh, we just, <laughs> we just wrote in dirt, <laughs> but the dirt was on a wall. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh my God. No, no. Like I remember trying to do that when I was younger and uh, it is annoying, but like, eventually it just went away because i yeah. guess we have like marker boards and uh like ipads or whatever too. in schools now yeah. so it's like it's yeah you have to download an app to be able to do i was gonna that say you'll have an app and like yeah. when you scrape your fingers across your ipad it just makes that noise 
Well, you do it at first, and then you're like, ah, oh, shit, I have it on uh, silent. Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me click this up a little bit. You guys will, it's, it's good. You guys will get it. It's funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah. wait, hold on. I'm getting it. Hold on. About halfway. They should really have it where you can just hold it down, and it goes up immediately, but really, like, I guess it goes up incrementally if you just hold it down, but hold on. Oh, wait, I went too, I went too loud. Hold on. I don't get there. Okay. That seems all right. I don't want to disturb the other class, so hold on. I, you're making me really glad, though, that uh, chalkboards are not really around anymore just for this one reason, because that sound, like, even just talking about it right now, I've, I've had shivers up my back twice just mm -hmm. thinking about it. It's such a oh, nasty sound. It is, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I just did it again. Ugh, like it. <laughs> um, but it's weird. He, he, like, does it for such a long time. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's like eons have passed. You know, the shark the shark has died, like, years ago at yeah. this point, but... He gets... He gets to the bottom yeah. and just goes back to the top and starts over again. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we get it. We get it. We're listening. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, what do you think about Quint in this movie? Curious well, about uh, his character for you. First of all, I was confused by his name because at first I thought his name was Quinn. But then later mm -hmm. on, somebody said Quint. And mm -hmm. I thought they were like trying to say quaint. And I was like, I was just. You're quaint. I was lost. I was like, wait, wait, what? I was like, through context, I was like, no, they're talking about a person. So I was oh, like, wait, man. is his name Quint? Like I've I've heard of Quentin, mm -hmm. but I don't. I can't recall hearing the name Quint before. Not yet. I've heard the name Quinn, but I, I was kind of Dr. confused Quinn, by it. But medicine woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Thank you for proving my point for me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, what do you want to? He's like a. God, just like a salty, like you said, salty sea captain. What do you think about this guy? Yeah. Uh, I liked him. I liked him. Uh, I, cool. Even though he was like salty, um, it seemed like he genuinely wanted to provide the service for for them. Like mm -hmm. he mentions that he can um, take care of the shark. He's done it before, and then later on we see that he's like essentially gone into like taxidermy for sharks. He's killed yeah, right. later on, right? Um, and uh, it seems like he's he's good at doing that, but they don't want to pay him. Like the mm -hmm. mayor is just like drastically cheap he can't can't afford to do that um even though like they're gonna have money rolling in like pretty pretty quickly like mm -hmm. seems like they could have planned ahead for different expenses yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so if they really they want the summer yeah yeah they could have skimped on like one cotton candy machine just mm -hmm. to be able to like get the shark and then once you get the shark guess what you cook up some shark fillets oh, okay shark on a stick baby sell you know? those out yeah hell yeah you make your money so you back you, yeah, and then the people eat the shark. Yeah. The, yeah, and then they feel better. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, he ate that Alice Kittner kid, but I'm going to eat him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Step right up. Take a bite out of this big-ass shark. <laughs> they just have it hanging up, and you just so yep. chomp down. Mm -hmm. to yeah, absolutely. Thing. Maybe yeah. a little salt. But, yeah, some Tabasco. Put it Ooh, on there. okay. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, Quint is a very interesting character. This, uh, this was played by Robert Shaw, and um, notoriously on set, he was uh, drunk most of the time. No. I know. There's a scene later he on. He doesn't on look the, like he would be that way. <laughs> there's a scene later on on the boat that he was, like, slurring, like, pretty bad. And I told mm -hmm. Amanda about it. I was like, yeah, he was hammered, like, probably in this scene most of the time. Um, so much so that I'd heard that they had to like close down production some days because he was too drunk oh, to act or he would like fall mm -hmm. asleep. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but I was like, his character is also like a drunk. Like he, uh, one of my favorite scenes later on, he uh, he's sitting in his chair on the boat, and he opens a beer and drinks it all in one go. And then crumples it up <laughs> while looking at Richard Dreyfuss' character, Hooper. And <laughs> Hooper has like that, that little water cup. And he does the, he just like yeah. stares right back at him and drinks it and crushes it up. It's fucking yeah. genius. Um, but apparently, yeah, he was uh, – he also hated uh, Richard Dreyfus on set apparently. Really? Uh, wow. Because Richard Dreyfus had just come out with another movie. Uh, one of the fun facts about Mr. him. Mr. Holodopus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my go-to yeah. when I talk about him, by the way, all the time. Me so too. <laughs> yeah. I was telling American my da- Graffiti. Those yeah. are the big three. Absolutely. <laughs> I was telling my dad about it when I was talking about it yesterday. We were saying like how young he is in this movie, and I was like, he's even yeah. younger in American Graffiti. He doesn't have a beard. He's like a teenager. And I was like, you know, growing up, I mainly knew him from Mr. Holland's Opus, and then mm-hmm. I discovered the other movies later on and how young he was. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he was like a young actor ever. Like I thought he just like kind of showed up later on. Uh, but that's always my go-to. That's so funny. Um but yeah, he uh, apparently was in a different movie right before this, and had a, he uh, refused his role, uh, Dreyfus did at first in Jaws, and then he saw the premiere of his other film and thought his acting was so bad he'd never get a job again. So he wow. accepted this, and then he got rave reviews for the other one, and because he got rave reviews and everybody liked him on the set of Jaws, Robert Shaw started disliking him on the set of Jaws, oh, and yeah. didn't like the attention he was getting, I guess, or whatever, but... Um, another thing about Robert Shaw that was hilarious, they shot this in Martha, Martha's Vineyard, and whenever he wasn't shooting, he would go to Canada because he was evading taxes, and he was going <laughs> to get caught. Like, he, they were looking for him, apparently. Yeah. And so he would just escape to Canada all the time, then come back and shoot his scenes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So he's just a crazy guy in real life and then on screen, and I think, like, it kind of works because his character is kind of that way, the, mm-hmm. the grizzly old man of the sea. Um so he really sells it. I, I think he's fucking phenomenal in this movie. He's so gnarly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the best term for him, so. And you said they shot this where? Whose vineyard was that? Martha's. How do you know that name? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, fantastic. Uh, so, um... Uh, I don't want to necessarily go scene by scene, but just to kind of throw some things out there because the, the ones that are really important are, are all just so good. There's uh, mm-hmm. the guys that um, go out on the dock and throw a holiday ham or a holiday roast. <laughs> yeah. To a, his wife's yeah. holiday roast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's going to be so pissed at him uh, on the hook. And then uh, that scene is so, so fucking cool. Another another version of that where you don't actually see the shark, but it you know it grabs it and, and rips the, the dock away. And that guy's in the water – and then you just see the dock turn yeah. and come back to them. It's so fucking creepy to think of like a creature in the water carrying that thing. Yeah. Coming to and get him, you know? Not only that, but like whenever like the it's got to be dragging behind mm-hmm. the shark. Right. So but you don't know how far. Yeah. So that's another little thing is like, is it like just like a meter in front of them? Mm-hmm. Is it further? Like who fucking knows? How I mean, that was a lot of. Yeah, that was a lot of, like, chain that they had on yeah. there. Um, and that was the other thing is the reward for catching the shark was $3,000. Which, like, <laughs> by today's standards, it's like, shit, I'm not even going to attempt it. For $3,000 to I catch know. this big-ass fucking shark? Yeah, I wonder like, how much that is shit. in, like, today's dollars. Because I, they, that was my next thing is that the mom of Alex Kittner puts out a reward for the shark killing for $3,000. And the island is swarmed 
with fishermen that are all spending their oh, own yeah. money to go catch yeah. the shark, right? Like they're all like – and there's like guys with like eight people in a boat. Like they're going to share $3,000. <laughs> like yeah. what's the point, you know? <laughs> it seems kind of funny. But uh, that's also our introduction to uh, Hooper. Uh, Richard Dreyfus actually shows up then. They had called him for from the like Oceanographic Institute on the mainland to come out – and investigate and see what kind of shark it was, whatever. And he shows up amongst all of those um, different fishermen and stuff trying to, to win the, the grand prize of three grand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's, you know, that's, he shows up. So I was kind of curious of uh, your impressions of his character in this. Of Hooper? Um, yeah. I liked him a lot, man. I'm just, I, when I was watching this, I was like, damn, I miss seeing Richard Dreyfuss in movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I just remember dude. him being I remember him being around a lot in stuff when I was younger. Um, I just can't remember all those movies. I know he was in that one with uh, fucking Bill Murray. Um, like, what about Bob? I think <laughs> is the name of it. Yeah. Is that I right? OK. That, yeah. I wanted to say what about Dre? But I was like, oh, wait, no, that was a that was a song. Different. Um, yeah. But Richard Dreyfuss did rap in it. Um, they just cut his verse. Uh, when oh, it came that out. sucks. Yeah. They were like, yeah, let's get this Eminem kid on here. Um or I guess forgot about Dre. Boy, this is anyway <laughs> moving the fuck on. Forget about uh, Dreyfus. Yeah, that's how you say Ooh. his name. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, <laughs> Stephen! I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so I I really liked his character a lot. He was very like spry and like mm-hmm. very like youthful and energetic. Like when he was on the boat, like something would happen and he like quickly like hop up on his feet and like run around and. Uh, I'm uh I haven't seen that Richard Dreyfus in forever totally. it seems like right yeah. um he's usually like in his his later roles he seems more reserved you know uh, mm-hmm. directing uh an orchestra or whatever like yeah you know, it's very <laughs> very uh limited like um acrobatic uh skill has to mm-hmm. be involved with something like that but um yeah like I liked him a lot and then when he um he he asked to see the the victims remains or whatever and he goes uh, in there and he has on the little like microphone that mm-hmm. goes around the ear or whatever because he's like documenting what he sees and they bring out the tray and i'm like what the fuck like what's left of this this victim mm-hmm. that it just fits in this like essentially oh, this so like gross <laughs> enlarged pie pan yeah and so we, it's just like sitting <laughs> on the table cook it later yeah yeah absolutely oh yeah you don't for the beach you know, you know me i don't like to waste food yeah so that's true. Um, that's true. even if it's humans you know, it's all on the table, literally. <laughs> so he pulls back the sheet and then uh, he's like talking, pulls back the sheet and he goes, oh, <clears throat> he puts his like hand in front of his mouth. He's like, uh, can I get a cup of water? <laughs> so they give him this tiny little like this tiny ass cup yeah. of water. It's like those old paper cups that you would have. And uh, he drinks that and kind of swishes it around and uh, gets back to it. But I thought there was a lot of really interesting acting choices. Yeah, totally. And uh, they, they give him a lot to do, like. He has uh, what I like to call Donatello syndrome, where he's the expert on one mm. thing, therefore he can do everything. Like he has to help repair <laughs> yeah. the boat engine later down the road. Um, he's also an expert on marine life, um, and uh, he likes to he likes to sing. You know, they have a, a little sing along oh, yeah. in the boat later on. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't know any of the like behind the scenes drama going into this because it mm-hmm. seemed like everyone was having a fucking good time. Everyone's yeah. getting along. But I, you know, if you're an actor, you're and you're good at it, you're going to portray that camaraderie on yeah. film may not be behind the scenes, but th- like when they were comparing scars and everything, mm-hmm. um, 
that was awesome. Matter of fact, when we were at the um, the party last night, uh, one of Brenny's running friends said that she loves Jaws, and she said her favorite scene is that scene where they're oh, comparing scars and everything. And I had totally forgot about it at this point. So mm. when it got to it, I was like, "Oh man, she was right. This is fucking awesome." Yeah, let's talk about that scene. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. like uh, another. I mean, I keep saying it, but this movie it itself is just iconic. But that scene is is lived on in infamy since then. It's so great. Um, and I love them. Like you said, like their camaraderie shows through as actors, but also like Robert Shaw was probably plastered during that anyway. He might have loved Richard Dreyfus at that point. Um, <laughs> could have totally worked. Um, but yeah, it's so funny. Like uh, I like how it just kind of starts naturally. And then uh, as they get through all of them, you know, um, hearing their different stories and stuff. And like they, they did a pretty good job with the scars too. Like the one on Richard Dreyfus's leg where the shark had like kind of swiped at him a little bit. Um, yeah. Looked like a real like indentation from his leg. I don't know if that was like in any way real, but it looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that scene's awesome. Yeah, I think they did a, a really good job with like with those scars to where it looked realistic. It wasn't like overly done or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, yeah. it wasn't like this giant red line with these stitch marks in it or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Like, it, it looked believable how they did it. And it was weird. Like when they were like essentially wrapping, like it almost looked like they were beginning to mate, you know, um, when they were like wrapping around each. Yeah. 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 (laughs) They put their legs across each other. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Going back. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this from my youth. It's like, Oh, this is the first time I've ever seen scissoring. It was between two dudes, two facially haired dudes, a young Richard Dreyfuss and a disgruntled Robert Shaw. You're like, but that's still boner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just a cool move. Yeah, that's why whenever you, you know, we get together in real life, you know, we wrap around each other. I don't know how else to leave us alone for a while. Yeah. Until we complete. (laughs) But usually we just both are playing Game Boy. Uh Uh-huh. We just like face away and. Yeah, with our butt cheeks. Yeah, that's good. It's a, it's a, it's a man hug. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) If I've ever seen one. (laughs) Look, if you're not pantsless, you're not doing it right. (laughs) Um, So... This, the legacy of this movie is also really cool because um, I was going to talk about like Kevin Smith um, used a lot of this as inspiration for, for characters and stuff. And uh, in Mallrats, uh, Brody is based on, his name is based on Chief Brody. Okay. And then um, there's another thing I think in Mallrats too, but I can't remember right now, but I think it's in Chasing Amy that they do, uh, Jason Lee is in that one as well, and they do the scar scene. But it's sex scars, and he does it with uh, with Amy, <laughs> right. yeah. uh, or not not Amy, but he does it with uh, the I can't remember her name right now. The, the actual chick, uh, the main star, Joey Adams. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like uh, anytime they were like like she has one where she was like going down on a chick in the back of a car, and the the car like went in reverse, and her knees are all scratched up because like she was like hanging out of it and stuff. And they all mm-hmm. go through their things. So it's also really fun that there's like, this has lasted, you know, beyond Jaws even. And I love that scene in, in, uh, in those movies as well. They're so fucking funny. So, yeah. Um, but then I love in this one whenever uh, Richard Dreyfus does a really good job of being like just a, a drunk idiot singing a song and everything. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that last one when he, he opens his shirt. And I remembered it as he was doing it that he was, it's not really a scar. And he says the, the broken heart thing. But, I had forgotten oh, yeah. this. There's a little line from Chief Brody where he opens his shirt and he's like, what, you're wearing a sweater? Because he's so <laughs> fucking hairy. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying laughing at that last night. It was so funny. I yeah, don't remember so that. so quick. Yeah. yeah, it's so quick and it, subtle. Yeah. It took me a second to process it, but yeah, yeah that was pretty that's funny. Good. Yeah. 
Uh, I also looked up uh, $3,000 and 75 is $14,000 in 2019. So still not a lot. Not a lot of money. Wow. It's 14,000? 14, yeah. You'd think it'd be higher. Yeah. I'm like, but, uh, if I'm going after the shark, I got to pay off my car or something like that. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. I need at least like 20, 25 down. G's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of one jam. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, let me go back to my notes real quick. So, so that after that, some of the fishermen that are there to catch it, catch a, a tiger shark right away. And they are all starting to claim automatically that this is the shark that killed the Kittner boy. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, uh, Hooper convinces Brody that they have to cut it open uh, to test it and see because he's like they have a slow digestive tract. It's only been 24 hours. The, the Kittner boy would be there. And mm-hmm. it's pretty gross because at first he's trying to convince him of that. And they're on the dock with the, the shark hung up. And uh, mm-hmm. the mayor is like, I'm not going to have you cut open this shark and that Kittner boy is going to fall out, which would have been fucking <laughs> traumatic, right? Yeah. Out of everything else traumatic in this movie. But uh, this leads into one of my favorite scenes in this movie that has nothing to do with the action or the horror or the spectacle. And it's uh, Brody is, is dealing with this at the dinner table, um, trying to deal with his, <laughs> like the, the, the mom, Kittner's mom had yeah. slapped him across the face and said he should have yeah. closed the beaches and all that stuff. He's dealing with all this stuff. And Richard Dreyfus shows up with some wine. Um, but also before that, there's this like lovely little scene with Brody and his, his kid at the dinner table where mm-hmm. the kid is mimicking everything the dad is doing. And the music in it is very like playful. It reminds me more of like um, some of the other like uh, Spielberg and Williams collaborations like E.T. and stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. it's like light and, and airy and stuff. And Brody doesn't notice it at first that his kid is mimicking him. And then he starts noticing it and he starts doing stuff to make the kid do it. And then they make like funny faces. And um, the scene has always been, this is the kind of stuff that like Spielberg puts in his, his movies that are just like, this doesn't need to be there. It doesn't really add a whole lot, but I love it. It's just like Mm -hmm. these little moments. And I I think it was uh, JJ Abrams that I'd heard about in an interview that this was his favorite scene in the movie Um, because it's just such a touching human moment that you get to see Brody and his son, share and it just feels so spielbergian i guess and mm-hmm. uh, and still so early on in his career that he would do that this kind of like leads into all the other stuff he's doing so i just always dug that scene yeah uh, yeah I, I like that scene a lot too especially like as it as uh, hooper shows up <laughs> he shows mm-hmm. up brings in the wine he, he doesn't know which one they won or what was being served and uh it's like uh anybody eating that yeah and uh they're just like kind of <laughs> both gently shake their heads no and he just slides it over to him yeah. and starts eating it it's like wow that's all right it's a baller move right there i would never have the, <laughs> i would never do that the, the the fortitude to do something like that but uh yeah he just fucking went for it dude's hungry you know yeah um yeah i like that because he actually like asks it and grabs it as they're like as they're shaking their heads no like he was like mm-hmm. i'm going for it regardless unless you stop me but yeah. i'll like be polite and ask as well uh, mm-hmm. But like it was clearly sitting in front of Brody, like he stole the food for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would never have the gall to just show up at someone's house, let yeah. alone eat their food from their plate. 
You okay, know? so I was I was a little bit confused. I thought maybe I had missed a scene where he was invited over or something because he brings two wine bottles and then he says, I wasn't sure what you were serving. So he did intend is like, I'm going to go interrupt their fucking yeah. dinner. Um, I'm going to bring some wine, though. It'll probably be cool. Yeah, I'll bring some <laughs> options. <laughs> I dig that. You know, I'm cool with that. Um, he, uh, uh, he he had an idea and he went with it. It worked. Yeah. I really liked uh, Brody's heavy pour. Like he's got like, oh, every, yes, the, the two of them have wine glasses that he just fills up like two fingers worth of, of wine. But before that, he fills up his like he's got a full on like 16 ounce like cup, like a water glass. <laughs> just, yeah, like, yeah <laughs> fills almost to the brim. Uh, and he's just like joking it down. Yeah. You know, like it, it was uh, he had a rough day. Yeah, he did, least. for sure. That was mm-hmm. the comedic scenes in this movie are really um, funny because you don't expect them, but it, it kind of lightens things up. Um, one mm-hmm. of the things I heard about, I'm not, I'm not sure which scenes they were, but this also won an Academy Award for Best Editing, and Verna Fields was the editor of it, and apparently she's amazing. Um, but there were scenes that Spielberg had shot and wanted edited, or maybe like edited at first, into scary or funny, and she would flip them, and she would edit them and like change the feeling, the tone of it, and her edit is like what won the award and like it shows this movie. So I don't know like what, what scenes those were, but there are so many things in this that uh, I, I, that's why I like this movie. It has so many genres going for it yeah. that you don't expect like they would need that levity all the time. Like it could just be a straight horror, a straight thriller the entire time, but um, it, it doesn't need to be, you know, and that mm-hmm. scene where it, it's, it's an important plot point because he's like, he's had such a fucking hard day, but the way he just pours it into his glass and that goes to like the very top, and then and then him pouring barely anything into theirs, it's like yeah. so funny. Um, but also at that, I liked um, going back to the inspiration of Hopper from Stranger Things. I feel like they pulled more just from Brody as a character into mm-hmm. the Chief uh, and Stranger Things because after that, um, that's when Ho- Hooper in this one tells Brody that we need to go cut the shark open and he's like, let's go do it. And she's like, his wife's like, can you do that? And he's like, I'm the chief of police. I can do anything. Right. And I'm like, I think that's actually a line for Stranger Things. But like his, his tone of a character is so hopper, you know, it's so great. Yeah. So uh, I, I think they kind of pulled that out of there as well. I wonder if Hopper is a play on Hooper, who's a different character. But I know. Maybe they kind both. of pulled it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm down with that. Uh, what do you say? Yes. Yeah, I think I think it's we a, proved it right it's here. A, yeah, yeah, for sure. I heard so, some. I heard some guys on a podcast say it was true. So yeah, got it. True. We'll go with it. It's fine. <laughs> so they. So, uh, yeah, I, I have a question for you. So on the the tiger shark that they catch, as I was watching this, I was like, man, that shark looks real. And then I was like, man, this is back in seventy five. I don't know if like Peter was a thing back. Like, is that it's a real, real shark? I I think it probably was. That one was. Ooh. Yeah. That's Sounds kind of gross now. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, too, um, Robert Shaw's character, the uh, um, Quint, was based on a real guy who, in like '64, had caught a really huge shark that was kind of famous, and mm-hmm. he like it was very much like the kind of character that Quint is. And they talked about. It, I was reading about him though, because I was like, "Oh, that's so interesting." This actually was kind of based on some real things, whatever. And when I went and looked, they were like, "Yeah, most of the community really hated him." Um, he did some bad things to catch sharks and he would like harpoon them, which I guess is illegal now. And oh, wow. like, like they do in this movie though too, but they're, I mean, they're, they're kind of doing it for a reason cause it's killing people, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot in this movie. That's one of the things I think like PETA people or like 
shark conservationists and stuff really don't like this movie because they're like, there's some bad shit that happens to sharks in this. Yeah. And, uh, and seemingly a real shark was used for that. And so, yeah, it's another step. But Well, I wonder if it was like already dead and they just happened been. to use it for this movie. I hope they didn't like go out of their way to kill a shark and then use it yeah. for for this. So uh, I'm just going to pretend it's plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's a really yeah. good effect. No CGI really used. Yeah, Ooh, so yeah. good. <laughs> so uh, they do open up the shark. They find license plates and tin cans and some fish, but no Alex Kentner boys. So they know it wasn't the shark. Uh, so they so, go out. <laughs> yeah. I, I just had a, a quick note on that. So uh, uh, Brody is sitting off to the side while uh, Hooper, I want to call him Hopper now, I Hooper know. cuts him open in the foreground um, and you see like this like viscous white liquid like yeah. get on the floor. You see like its guts bursting open. And so Hooper, he takes like the fish head and then the whole fish and he just like essentially f- like tosses them <laughs> at Brody. It's like, dude, you don't, you don't have to you do that, dude. Just like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's like, so funny. But, you know, it's for the audience, I suppose. It, yeah. it helps um, to toss it back a little bit further. But, yeah, he, like, throws a tin can at him and then you the know, license plate and everything. But He did just steal Brody's food. Maybe he thought he was hungry. Oh, yeah. Here Tossed you go. Him some fish, you know? Yeah. Partially digested. Good. Yeah. Still edible, I suppose. It'll save you time on eating it. There you go. I don't... Yeah. Amanda asked what that the white stuff gushing out of that was, and I, I don't know if it's like stomach acid. I don't know what kind of the digestive system of a shark is, but it was gross. And clearly, Hooper was having a tough time digging in the stomach of that fucking thing. Uh, yeah, that looked disgusting. I I hate fish, so uh, imagining the smell of like a, a day old <laughs> shark carcass. <laughs> ugh. Not fun. And then, and then when he like scooted back to be where Brody was, he did it across the floor where it was all like damp <laughs> from that and from like all the shark juice. And then he's just like clad in denim. He's almost yeah. like Jay Leno before Jay Leno was Jay Leno, just <laughs> just soaking up all that shark juice and everything like in his clothing. It's like, guys, come on, man, you you gotta you gotta figure this this life out, man. I thought about that too. That he should have been wearing like a slicker or something, like some some of like the the waiters or whatever, to like cover his clothes. Uh, yeah. Because right after that, he's just like, "We got to go out on the boat." So he's just gonna stew in that for hours. Yeah. <laughs> and he's fine with that, apparently. Uh, but yeah, those clothes need to be thrown out for sure. That's gotta be. That's gotta oh, yeah. stink. Definitely. Not good. So they they go out immediately at night. Um, there's another like funny scene where. Uh, Brody is like refusing to go out and he's like, I can't do this. And he's like, yeah, you can come out on the boat. Let's go like at night in the ocean where you're terrified. That's fine. Let's yeah. go find a shark. It's yeah. Cool. But, uh, uh-huh. they, they find something in the ocean. They find that, that boat, um, that belongs to some local fisherman. And that scene where he has to go underwater <laughs> and the boat is cool. Oh His God. boat is like all fancy and stuff. and has the lights on the bottom in the ocean. And, uh, that scene, I was so anxious watching that still to this day. Uh, and yeah. not even the, the jump scare, you know, where the head kind of pops out or whatever. Um, just in general, just the, the feeling of being in the ocean. Like, Amanda, my wife, really hates the ocean. Like, we go in, like, the, the shallows and stuff. But, like, any time of, like, a deep drop of water she doesn't like, she doesn't like not knowing what's around her. Like you said, like, not even just a pool, but, like, anywhere, right? Like, you can't see below mm-hmm. it. 
Um, I'm okay with it, but I, it makes me, it gives you the willies. I don't like it. Um, yeah. And especially at night, I don't think I would ever do anything in the ocean at night, like swimming or anything at all. Like that sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm not knowing what's going on at all. Yeah. Uh, so that seemed like really affected me, man. <laughs> so I totally blocked this scene out. Like, I don't remember ever seeing it before. Oh yeah. So when, when that weird, like old man head pokes out, yeah, it got me. I was like, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man. It, Is that it what you heard the fuck? Out. And you're like, uh, I heard possibly. a fuck in the movie. Yeah. I heard a fuck. And then, a <laughs> <laughs> and some nervous toots. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, scary scene, man. The dysentery. <laughs> um, yeah, and so this was cool. So I don't know what that scene looked like before, but one of the facts I learned online was they had shot that and they did a test screening. They, they reshot two scenes. Um, I don't remember what the second one was right now, but that was one of them that Spielberg said he, he just wanted one more jump scare. And so they actually filmed the head popping out and the editor, Verna Fields' pool. Um, at, oh. So what they did is to make it look murky, they poured powdered milk in her pool. And <laughs> they had a boat hull. And they made a prosthetic of that dude's face to pop out. And they covered, I guess, the whole pool in like a tarp so that it would like look dark and everything. And they filmed sure. it um, later on to add that, that jump scare in. And it fucking sells, man. It's, it is wow. like freaky. Because yeah. the tension is like enough... And you're all amped up and stuff, and then it happens, and it's just like just over the edge. It's just enough. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So creepy. Yeah. Damn. Um, so after that, um, they they realize like Hooper sees the shark tooth, the huge shark tooth in the hall, but he drops it because he gets scared by the head. Um, so he has no proof of it, but they try to convince the mayor for real. It's a shark. It's a fucking huge shark. We've got to close the beaches, and he's still refusing. And they show the billboard behind them that's been uh, graffitied with the shark chasing the the chick swimming in the ocean um and the mayor man the mayor in this fucking film just a douchebag he does not care about anything but money um recently i heard about him compared to trump um that he's like (laughs) leading the town to demise and like doesn't care to like you know with the warning signs of what's happening and everything he just cares about a buck um but yeah he's just a, a terrible person man um really doesn't care about anybody's life except for like the owners of all these different hotels and stands and whatever. Um, but he does a good job. That, that actor is such a smarmy fucking guy playing this mayor. Like it really sells yeah. for me. Um, and then, uh, another note I had, there's, there's a reporter in that scene that they show real quick talking about the, the beaches and stuff being open. And it's, uh, the author of the book did a cameo, um, for this, so it's oh, like a, okay. just a brief, brief little thing, but it's kind of fun. Um, then we get the, uh, the all the people are in the water. I think this is the scene where they convince the the old guy with all the kids to go in the water, and everybody's chilling there and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And all the boats are out yeah. looking for the sharks, and uh, they, there's a fin sighting, and everybody freaks the fuck out. And it turns out to be these kids playing a game, and then uh, some lady like painting on the on the shore sees the real fucking shark going into what they call the pond, like this little area where Brody's son and his friends are on a boat. And this scene I had kind of forgotten about. Um, but that whole thing, starting when she sees the fin after the, the you know, the fake one, when everybody's already freaking out and then they don't believe it. Even Brody doesn't believe it at first. He starts walking at first over to the pond. Yeah. And then finally gets into a run. But uh, 
that whole scene of dread, knowing that thing is coming. And this is one of the very first times we see the shark in its size yeah. coming towards his son and the other guy in the boat uh, next to them. It's fucking creepy as fuck, man. Um, that whole scene got me from, from start to end. It's so good. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the uh, thing I was going to say just left my brain. So back to you. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's so creepy. You see it kind of coming. You see it mostly like the fin, the, the dorsal fin and the tail um, coming at them. But you see kind of the, the hulk of the shape underwater. And that mm-hmm. guy is trying to help the kids. And it goes for them and knocks the kid's boat over. And the kid, the scene is so creepy because Spielberg does such a good job of getting kid actors to really portray emotion and like really, like you Mm -hmm. believe them all the time. Like this leading into like E.T. and stuff, you know, where they just seem so believable. And that kid Mm -hmm. just floating in the water watching this guy get murdered. And like it shows like his leg, his like, dislodged leg whatever just like floating to the bottom of the ocean yeah and it's again just like a bloody fucking scene there's just like so much blood bouncing everywhere and then the way the camera kind of swoops by the kid like you can tell he's probably like kicking his feet to stay up but like he's overall he's very calm so the shark like doesn't really go towards him and stuff but um yeah right after that his kid's in shock and it, it makes total sense like he just saw this guy like fucking ripped apart in front of him by this huge 25 foot shark i mean that has got to be fucking terrifying and then when i said like start to finish it's so creepy because you see the fins going in brody's running on the way you see all the destruction and then it just like brody jumps over the the edging of the the, like the bridge right as the shark's fins go under him and he doesn't see it and then it just shows Mm -hmm. the like him in the ocean and stuff going away like he just came in had a lunch left the ocean or like he left into the ocean just like so quick and it's just he dined and dashed yeah yeah he dined and oh Brent you got it it's just so creepy I got you it. know I remember uh, what I was gonna say is uh those yeah. little kids that were like had the fins on their back or whatever uh-huh. um I didn't I didn't realize it at first and then uh when I saw what they were doing I was like oh yeah this used to be a thing as well but it's funny when they like poke their heads up and they like take off their goggles slowly <laughs> and then it, it's a shot of like their point of view where they see like these dudes with guns pointed at their faces. I know. I was like, yeah, man, that's a, a dangerous move there, kids. Like, what the hell? Um, all for a joke, I guess. Uh, it's all fun mm-hmm. and games until you get, like, shot in the ocean, yeah. you know? Luckily, mm-hmm. they weren't. Uh, but, yeah, that seems funny. It's, like, so many boats. There's, like, so many guns around them. <laughs> and they're all just like, he made me do it. He made me do right. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking kids, man. Um, so they hire Quint. They're, they finally decide uh, the chief is in, in the hospital with his kid because he has shock. He's in shock. He sees the mayor. The mayor's all finally disheveled. Like his, his I think his like, tie is loose and whatever, and he looks like a mess. And he finally convinces him to sign a piece of paper <laughs> to get out of his there. His tie is loose. He, he, was, he was out of it. You could tell. <laughs> he was always so well-dressed, you know? Right. But he yeah. was disheveled. Um <sighs> And that's uh, he finally like, signs off on hiring Quint and getting this thing done. So that's what kind of leads us into the last third of the movie, where it's like a different film, like we were talking about earlier. And uh, that's where I had my line too: the "Here's to swimming with bow-legged women," which uh, I remember as a kid before this movie. Really, I there's like this uh, like limerick thing I used to say as a kid uh, that I'd heard. Uh, there's like a couple of them where it's uh, 
I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I live in a garbage can. I like to go swimming mm. with bow-legged women. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> and I used to say that when I was so young, and I had no idea what it meant. Uh, and I still yeah. don't really – I don't know what a bow-legged woman – I've never seen one in the wild. I guess it's just that they're open is the idea. I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a weird saying. And I used to say it when I was like eight years old. I don't know. I used to sing that all the time. Uh, but mm. yeah, it's so funny in this uh, – and then, uh, yeah, so they go on the boat, and this is when it's just basically the Chief, Hooper, Quint, and the Shark. It's their movie now, and uh, they're on the hunt and everything like yeah. that. Um, this whole thing is just really cool. Uh, I like the interaction between all of them. Uh, like you said, it's really fun to see Richard Dreyfuss, like, so quick on his feet and stuff everywhere. And just, like, he brings so much energy to the, to the role. Um, yeah. You know, Quint is the, again, the, the seasoned old captain. Um fucking just drinks full beer cans in one gulp and has <laughs> all this fishing gear in the back and stuff and then Brody who's like doesn't like to be in the ocean and he has to do all the, the chum in the water and stuff and is clearly not liking that job um, so it's fun to see their different roles in this all together um, as if, they try to, to what catch if this Quint, thing. what if Quint as a character was going to be like a very like studious um, sailboat captain but then Robert mm-hmm. Shaw is like, no, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm going to drink a lot. All right? So, Dreyfus, I don't like you. What if he actually uh, auditioned that way? Like, he came mm-hmm. in, like, a nice suit like the mayor has. He did, like, a full, like, Shakespearean <laughs> reading. They're like, man, this guy's great. Yeah. And he just showed up on set the first day fucking hammered. And he just yeah. went a whole different way. And they just had to go with it, you know? That was Production just the, was the clothing he. That was the clothing he wore to the set. Yeah, he was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> okay, he's like, "I'm not fucking getting naked for you or anybody." Well, I guess <laughs> I guess he can just wear that then. That's fine. He has that hat too. It's like uh, I like round my bills in my hats. Like the new thing now is I like keep them flat or whatever. But his is yeah. like at a weird triangle that's like off center from his face. <laughs> yeah. Like basically, like he sat on it one day and it just kept that shape. You know, mm-hmm. and he just went with it. Um, but we, I, I thought that was like a weird character choice too. And I, now I'm kind of convinced it's just his hat, and yeah. he wouldn't take it off for the movie, um, which mm-hmm. is very, uh, very possible. Um, mm-hmm. So, one of my uh, lines that I wrote down for this was, uh, he's trying to get them to do something. They, they almost they catch something. The line snaps. They don't know what it was or whatever. And then uh, it shows Richard Dreyfus on the deck. Sitting like crisscross applesauce playing solitaire or something. <laughs> yeah. And and Quint says, Stop playing with yourself, Hooper. Right. Which uh, <laughs> which I really dug a whole lot. Uh, the little lines I, I forgot about this movie. I was surprised that his cards weren't like blowing all over the place I know. in that scene. Like I know he was like deep down in the boat, but like the winds just whipping around out there. Like yeah. yeah. But I don't know. See, and this is why Spielberg is a fucking shitty director, okay? <laughs> this and the BFG, I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. This if you see. It for this one, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. It's like, they didn't have CGI, but maybe they had to glue them down. But it's like, it's mm-hmm. not realistic, Spielberg. You know, like, let them fly. Yeah. That's what you need to do they, they to be a good director. They could have like had somebody with, a, like, a leaf blower come by. Yeah, and right. Maybe he, like, was yeah. sick that day. You know, oh yeah, maybe Robert Shaw fucking kicked him off the boat, made him swim back to shore. It's possible. Yeah, he drowned like, him. Yeah, I might yeah. deal with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the uh, the scene everybody knows too, where uh, 
Brody is is chumming the water again, and oh, he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Uh, it's so genius. He's smoking a cigarette. It's kind of like hanging out of his mouth, and he turns away as he throws the the latest chum. Amanda yeah, jumps. Like having a conversation back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he turns away, and the shark pops out of the water, and Amanda jumps so hardcore. I fucking died. It was awesome. And I rewound it and watched it again because it's so genius. Um, that shark, this is like the first time you really see it and it just comes out of the water like to eat him. Eat his arm off. Yeah. And uh, if you like rewatch it knowing it's going to happen, a split second before he pops out of the water, you just see like a little bit of white from it, like the underside. And it's just mm -hmm. like, it just lasts long enough that it's like something's there and then you see it like in the moment. But like, it's so creepy to rewind it and be like, oh my God, like he's kind of that you can see it and how huge he is. There's just a yeah. dark figure and then the white and then he just pops out of the water. And uh, Brody, like the reaction that they, they shot of Brody jumping back with the, again, the cigarette just like hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> he just like pops up. Yeah, that's one of my like favorite gifts. I like Brent's better. Yeah. It's just like so quick. Yeah, it's so quick. And, and it's so like genuine, right? Like, He's so terrified and it just, and like nobody else knows what's happening because everybody's not on the, on the like boat right then, like on that, on that side of the boat, like Hooper's down playing solitaire still, I think. And, uh, Quint is in the like cabin or whatever. Um, and then Brody just like backs up into there and then he says the, you're, you're going to need a bigger, bigger boat, boat line, uh, yeah. that everybody loves so much. Uh, oh, that was the other reshot scene or not, or like tweaked from the, they like upped the dialogue and added a little extra because people were um, so were screaming so hard from the shark popping out of the water that nobody heard the line. I think they probably just oh, like cut okay. to him. So I think they yeah. added him like walking backwards for a little bit slowly, so they gave a little I breathing see. room so you could hear it because that was like a line they really wanted in there, obviously. Um, so that shows you, yeah. Like at first that was like so shocking people didn't even hear that, and now it's like mm -hmm. the best line of that movie. Everybody knows, you know. Uh, well, it's funny because they they say it multiple times, or he says it multiple times yeah. in the movie, like later on. So it's like they're really selling you. It's like, hey, remember this line? Remember two Wait, minutes ago? Uh, Guess hey. what? It's back. <laughs> Your favorite. I had forgotten about that too. Rewatching this, I thought it was just that one time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he says it a lot. Like he clearly is like this shark is as big as this boat. We need mm -hmm. a bigger boat, guys. Right. <laughs> it's so easy. Just go to shore. We'll come back. It's fine. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so then they, they start shooting the, the shark. They get a barrel in him. That's the, the way that Robert Shaw's character, Quint, um, gets sharks usually. He like shoots them with barrels that the shark should not be able to drag underwater. And uh, mm -hmm. eventually it stays up close enough to the surface where he can kill it or whatever. Uh, but this thing is – there's like no stopping it. It's too fucking massive and, uh, yeah. and angry. So they get it with one barrel um, and it disappears and then that's when they get into at night. It's the uh, the scar scene. And then at the end of the scar scene, we didn't get into this yet, but um, there's a whole monologue about Quint being on the USS Indianapolis um, where it was a World War II ship that got sunk by a, a Japanese submarine and like 1,200 men went into the water and they weren't reported missing for like four days. And sharks started picking them off one by one and... Um, it's such a fucking crazy monologue. Um, Richard Dreyfuss mm -hmm. had just been joking around, um, laughing about it because they were talking about scars, and then Brody noticed uh, like a tattoo or a, a scar on his arm, and it was a removed tattoo 
from the the ship, and uh, he goes into this monologue that is fucking genius. This is like Robert Shaw's genius. I don't care that he was hammered the entire time or didn't like Richard Dreyfuss. Like this scene alone sells his entire character, and it's just fucking great. Yeah, so creepy. Yeah, for real. It reminds me of the uh, the scene in Gremlins where Phoebe Cates is talking about the yeah. uh, Santa Claus and her her chimney. Oh and my so god, like, that's so creepy. Like, I know we've seen like murders, like, and it, and it yeah. fits this a little bit better. But like in Gremlins, it's just like, what? Wait, what? That thing <laughs> what is dark out of dark. nowhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's great in that too. That selling that scene. She's maybe she watched this. Maybe she got hammered for it. I don't know. I hope, yeah, good, I heard she uh, tried to fight Richard Dreyfus on the set of Gremlins, <laughs> wow. and they just took him out of the movie. <laughs> wow. They're like, mm-hmm. Phoebe Cates is in this. we got to keep her. Dreyfus, yeah. you're out. Um, yeah, he was he was originally going to play Spike. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a good <laughs> get, not, you know? Not the voice. They're going to dress him up in, yeah, in like a costume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just have him hunched down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, so uh, he tells this crazy story, um, and then uh, this is a real thing. This actually happened, uh, the USS Indianapolis, where out of like 1,200 men, only 300 and something came. I think it was like 306, 390, something like that, somewhere in there, uh, came out of the water. Um, and it was various reasons. It wasn't just uh, sharks. It was like uh, they were drinking salt water to stay alive, and some of them died from that. Some of them were like yeah. uh, various elements in the world, whatever, were, were killing them and stuff. But um, – I, that scene is just fucking great. And I love to, I, there's so many details. I, I was paying attention to this viewing that I'd forgotten about, but, uh, at the end of that, he says he'll never wear a life jacket again. Uh, cause he's just like, I'm not going to go through that. I would rather just die essentially. Mm-hmm. And then later on, whenever their boat starts sinking, he, he looks at the life jackets mm-hmm. and he just grabs two and hands them to the other guys mm-hmm. and throws them to him, but he won't wear one. And, uh, well, it's funny, too, at, in that scene where he says he's not going to wear a life jacket and he'd rather die, like, it cuts to a shot of the shark outside of it just taking notes on a pen. Like, okay. All right. I got this. All right. So he's willing to go. Okay. Got that one. Oh, man. You don't think that sharks could write with their fins, but it totally works. Yeah. I mean, Kind of curls it around the pencil. Mm-hmm. You can make it happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they get another barrel in the shark. Still doesn't bring it down. It can still take the barrels down so they uh they're able to grab the ropes and loop them around um i don't know what they're called but something on the boat to some anchor points to uh do that and then the shark starts uh pulling the fucking boat (laughs) because that thing can't be stopped and it's Uh crazy and i think that's when the engine blows out they're trying to like get away from it and it it first starts blowing out um and uh they i think maybe they had problems already i don't remember but they Basically, Quint is just like, fuck it, and runs out the engine and blows the fucking thing up. And they've already started pulling, like, taking a water because the shark had been trying to, uh, to like, hammer hit, head his way in there. Right. And, uh, and he had poked holes in the hull. And then this is what starts being so creepy that um, they're in the water. Brody is the character that's most scared of it, but obviously they're all terrified. And this boat is just slowly sinking. And you know the shark is just like circling them, like waiting and stuff. And you start to see more and more of the shark, and it fucking sells. It works. Um, and then Richard Dreyfus gets out his shark cage because there's nothing else to do. He's gonna try to spear it with this like some kind of chemical to like knock it out or whatever. And oh my god, this started. I my anxiety started like ratcheting it up all over again, getting into this thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's terrifying. When he gets in the water <laughs> and he, he sees like a shape in the distance coming straight yeah. for him. And the way they shot this is yeah. fucking gnarly. I, they used like, obviously like stunt people to be like Richard Dreyfuss's character and stuff. They used the actual like Bruce shark, you know, to do some stuff. But this is where some of the footage I was reading about from the actual people in Australia came in. They used like a, a miniature, like they used like a, they just said like a small person. And then they used like a miniature cage to make the sharks that they were filming look bigger. Mm-hmm. But the, you know that, they start. It starts to like get in to the the thing with Richard Dreyfus, and it's terrifying, and looks fucking realistic. And then the shark goes berserk as Richard Dreyfus is able to like get out, and the shark just like rips that cage cage to shreds. And that actually happened for the oh, people really? that were filming in Australia. The person was already out of it though, and it started just like attacking the boat. And Spielberg was ecstatic because that it, it, it's spectacular. It's so cool looking, mm-hmm. but. There was no person in the cage, so apparently um, Richard Dreyfus was, was supposed to die in that scene in the cage, Whoa. and they had to write him out of it. So he only survives because an actual shark attacked their attacked their actual cage in Australia, and it looked so great. They were like, "Let's just get him out of there," so that he just goes and hides, you know, on the ocean floor basically. But uh, man, that whole scene is fucking killer. It's so great. Okay, wait, so. Okay, I thought you were saying like the the animatronic shark freaked out and destroyed the cage. You're saying an, an actual shark? The actual shark that they were filming in Australia attacked their okay. boat and the cage, but the person had gotten out of it already, or maybe wasn't in it. And yeah. they had that footage of it, like there's footage of the actual shark, like from a distance. Yeah, kind of like spiraling around and everything. Yeah. Okay. And then okay. so that was real, and so they had to write it into the scene that Richard Dreyfus got out. And then any close-ups of it, of it like hammering through and like attacking and stuff, were the animatronic shark and everything. But yeah, yeah, that would be crazy if the thing just like took on so much salt water, it just like started like going haywire. It's fucking gonna murder Richard Dreyfuss an accident. Um, um, yeah. So for uh, for that, like when when I think of shark cages and what you see on like Discovery Channel or whatever is like the shark cage is usually like big enough to where you could do like somersaults in it or whatever oh yeah this is like barely tiny. wider than his shoulders <laughs> and it's just like yeah. what was the plan here like there's there's no way this is gonna work plus this shark is fucking massive yeah um and it just fucking destroys that cage so easily and uh I uh you know I'm uh I'm usually not a uh, a big fan of uh, things I say on the show, but I wrote a joke last night. Oh, um, during this part of the movie, um, Richard Dreyfus, more like Richard Wetfuss. <laughs> it's it's good. I like yeah. it because he's in a wetsuit <laughs> and in the water. Oh, wait, it's better. No, okay. Explain it again. Just, it's better. Yeah, just for the subtext. I know it's, like, pretty heady. You know, you have to sit on it for a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, the whole scene uh, was weird. And uh, even though the shark is animatronic, like, I, I can't imagine filming this this movie and seeing that shark. Oh, yeah. And not freaking the fuck out. Like, mm-hmm. it would just terrify me. Like, I would, <laughs> like the dude from uh, That Thing You Do, I'd have to change my pants on a regular yeah, basis. Right. Like, call a young Tom, Tom Hanks. I need to use this trailer. Okay? No dysentery needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just sold on the effect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to be scary. 
I don't know what it's. I, that's something I would never fucking do. Like that's a thing you can do, uh, like a mm-hmm. tourist thing. You can go in like shark cages where it's you're not you're like pretty protected and you're just like looking at them. They're not really gonna attack you or whatever. Because apparently sharks don't really do that. They don't just like attack like that. Like this movie shows whatever. But this thing is just so massive. Um, I don't want to be in the ocean with creatures like that. I don't want to be in the ocean knowing there might be creatures like that. I certainly don't want to be in a fucking locked cage in the ocean where I can't mm-hmm. do anything. Like even that's maybe more safe because you're not just open. Uh, the yeah. feeling of being like enclosed in something and not being able to like swim away or whatever, just like have to accept your fate is fucking terrifying. I mean, the, he gets out like a little dagger, a little knife to stab mm-hmm. at him. Like that's his best bet, right? Like, yeah. And when it's not, right around him he's able to like sneak out a little bit and go down but yeah that's just terrifying and even with a little knife you've got like the water resistance that's going to keep you from giving it your all you know yeah so right yeah that, that kind of sucks but um <laughs> you know like early in the movie when brody hears about the sharks and he's reading about it and it shows him like kind of looking through the book or whatever and it shows some actual like um, shark victim um, oh, injuries yeah. in there, and it's just disgusting. You oh, know, like it's just so brutal. Um, somebody's like shredded up legs or whatever. Um, but probably the most disgusting thing to happen in this movie is when Richard Dreyfus is like getting into the water, like getting into the cage initially, and they're putting him in there, and uh, they like kind of motion to him that his glasses are still on. He hands them to Brody. Mm-hmm. Brody takes the earpiece of somebody else's glasses <laughs> and puts it in his mouth. I mean, that is fucking disgusting. That I is wondered about sick. that. Yeah. I don't wear glasses. And I mean, ears, like behind the ears are not the grossest thing. But I, when he did that, I was like, ooh, I'm not sure about yeah. that. First of all, he, he's probably still covered in that shark juice yeah, right? from earlier, right? He doesn't, you know, like mariner like that type of lifestyle i feel like they're like pretty like salty and a little mm. bit grimy anyway um he's got some like bushy hair to begin with yeah. so I, I feel safe in saying that the behind the like the behind part of his ears are just like covered in barnacles and shit like it's, it, it seems gross, <laughs> gross. <laughs> barnacles seagull jizz all of that oh, stuff man. It's, none of it's good none so of you're saying good, you so. would not lick richard Dreyfus's behind ear no no mm. No. Well, I mean, Hoopers, Hoopers. I, I'm sure Richard Dreyfuss, yeah. as a as a person in the world, I'm sure his the behind part of his ears are very very clean. But like you might you might do that for uh, Mr. Holland during oh, yeah, his totally. opus. You're just gonna go yeah, behind. I'm sure it tastes like a quick lick. I'm sure it tastes like uh, peppermint or butterscotch or something. Oh, like that, you know? yeah, definitely yeah. butterscotch. It'd be, be delightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ooh, what is this? Were there originals? <laughs> ooh, I like it. It's good. <laughs> so. Uh, Basically, they, they get the cage up and it's fucking wrecked. They assume he is dead and the boat is still sinking. It's uh, kind of going towards the back. It's like falling in the ocean and uh, like, a, like a, a giant inflatable slide right into the, the shark's mouth who decides to prop <laughs> his head open, uh, up on the boat and just open his mouth and chomp around until someone slides into it, which fucking happens because yep. uh, uh, I don't remember what what it is that dislodges his grip, but uh, Quint loses his grip, and then Brody tries to catch him, but can't hold on, and uh, he just slides right down there, man, and uh, that's when I, I, this, out of all the death scenes for this PG movie, this is the one <laughs> that fucking gets me, man. That yeah. thing is chomping him in half, and uh-huh. it is gruesome. Can you imagine being told by the film's director, <laughs> okay, 
So we've got this thing that looks like a very realistic, massive ass shark. Yeah. Um, it's poking its head out of the water. Just go ahead and slide uh, your legs in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Like everything in my body would prevent yeah. me from doing that. I would have to be just like, uh, just have them just write a scene where uh, I fall in the water and he kills me off screen or something. Like I, I just, I, I could not do well, it. Well, there are some comparisons about this in like Moby Dick, um, especially with his character, like chasing after this great white shark and whatever. And apparently in the book and in the original screenplay, he was supposed to die because he gets a harpoon in his leg on accident and he gets dragged under the boat and that's how he dies. So he signed on for a movie where that did happen. He did die off screen. And then they were like, no, 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 just slide into the shark's mouth. So they did a, a trick. No wonder he was drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah, just right. having to prepare for that scene, you know? I don't know if they shot him out of order. Emotionally, yeah. It, you know what? It doesn't matter. If it's the, the last scene, you got to be drunk to like work your way up to it. If it's the first scene, yeah. you have to drink from the trauma of having to do that. For so, sure. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and then uh, you have one, one man standing who mm-hmm. uh, they had placed a, a little idea in the, in, the, in the heads of all of us, I guess, that... Uh, the air tanks that they had on board were explosive and Brody is able to, uh, the shark tries to get him through the, the cabin. Like is he's like a uh, puncturing through the hull and Brody's able to hit him in the face a little bit with one of these tanks and then throw it in his mouth. And his idea is he's going to get a rifle and fucking shoot this thing. And just knowing his fear of the water and all that he's gone through that he didn't want to go through to do this, and he is on a sinking boat with a fucking 25-foot murderous shark who's killed the other two guys who knew what they were doing on the boat. And he yeah. just has to crawl up to the top point of it. And it's just – I like it because it's like the way they did it. It's like at this angle and it's just – it's the top point. But he's only like a few feet off the water. Like yeah. if he doesn't do this, like he's definitely going to die. He's fucked. Yeah. He's totally fucked. And it just slowly is sinking and then at the last minute, he's able to finally blow this fucker up in a huge explosion of blood and guts and all kinds <laughs> yeah, of shit. It is, it is for sure dead. <laughs> like huge. when I saw it coming, I was like, well, I mean, how how would he know if it's dead or not? Because maybe it's just like a big explosion and the water is just a bunch of yeah. like water that splashes up. No, this is just caked in blood. Yeah, the water. It's, yeah. it's fucking gross. And then it's really cool. They show it like from the ocean point of view and it's like almost like a submarine kind of sinking but instead of like i don't know just water and fuel and stuff it's like blood like dripping off not dripping but like exploding off of it and like waves of of bubbles and stuff and it's just like this big leviathan that's just like sinking down to the ocean floor it's just disgusting it's so good um and uh and then we find out uh he's kind of there the last remnants of the boat and uh Richard Dreyfus comes up and he's like, "Oh, hey, cool! Did he, did it work?" Yeah. And uh, they they paddle off together to uh, to go swim back to the island. And uh, Brody's pretty cool with the ocean at that point. He's just like, mm-hmm. "Hey, there's no sharks here now, so I'm yeah. fine." And then at the last moment, the mama shark. The whole mm-hmm. time we thought this 25 foot shark was the big one. Nope, mm-hmm. there's a hundred foot shark. The mama shark swoops up, eats them right out. Mm-hmm. Uh, by like, is that what you yeah. saw? Yeah, eats him out like, you know, gives him fellatio. Yeah. And she was just horny. What a twist, you know. Don't use teeth. Don't use teeth. <laughs> but I have so many. Yeah, so they, uh, they swim off. I thought it was funny. I, I'd forgotten about um, the credits in this movie are really weird. They're super short. 
And uh, yeah, it just yeah. like basically ends with them. Uh, they're kind of in the distance, like a beach scene of them like finally arriving on the island mm-hmm. uh, from their like makeshift raft. And it shows a bunch of credits. And then it goes like my copy or whatever went, went to black for like 10 seconds and then just shut off. I was yeah, like, oh, I thought yeah. there'd be more. But that was it. Cool. No, like, yeah. There's yeah. nothing. I was, I was expecting because I, I watched it all the way through that. And it wasn't until like I actually saw like just before I cut that mm-hmm. I saw the um, the two people get out of the water. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know they were there. Yeah. So I rewound <laughs> yeah, I a little bit just to see them like slowly floating <laughs> toward the uh, uh, toward the shore. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's them. OK, well, there you go. There you go. But yeah. I was expecting it to like have like the to cut to the black, like you said, and then have the white credits that scroll up. Or exactly. Whatever, but it's like, no, that's that's literally it. Yeah. So it was just so interesting. Was... I'd forgotten about that. And uh, mm-hmm. so different from modern movies and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, so I had a, a few facts uh, to run okay. through real quick. Carl sure. um, Gottlieb is one of the the writers who did rewrites. He was a friend of Steven Spielberg's, and he also plays the editor of the paper, the the one that's like uh, when they catch the tiger shark. He's trying to get the picture of it. Um, oh, okay. That guy was the right one of the writers, and basically they would rewrite scenes every night before shooting, and keep filming it as they went along because of so many of the problems they had with the ocean and the shark not working all the stuff and the film going on like filming for so long they were able to like really shape the story in a different way and uh, so that kind of helped them eventually apparently Mm -hmm. but uh he was there on set writing and then he had a small role as a journalist as well um this was the highest grossing film of all time until two years later when star wars overtook that uh this one had beat uh, the Godfather for the highest grossing film, um, which was just like a year or two before, I think. Um, this beat at in 78 days. It surpassed that film. Um, let's see. Uh, adjusted for inflation, Jaws has earned almost $2 billion worldwide in tw- 2011 shit. prices. It wow. is the seventh grossing, seventh highest grossing film of all time in North America at uh, just over a billion dollars. Uh, and current That's prices. Insane. So like, I was thinking about like, imagine like, you know, like the Fast and the Furious franchise now, like all these movies, Spider-Man, like just crossed a billion, right? The new one. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's like commonplace, right? But this, this really did things that had never been done before. Um, we talked earlier briefly about this starting the blockbuster, like genre, this era. And basically what I was reading about the marketing for this, they did like an unprecedented campaign on TV um, using again that score and the poster and stuff uh, to get out the idea and really sold more than anybody else that had like on TV and getting people to see this and then they did a wider release than most films did at that time apparently back in the 70s they would open, they would do like a premiere in LA they would premiere in a few different cities the big ones um, and then they would slowly roll out to more and more and this was one of the very first films that opened on like 400 screens at one time across the country and really like everybody could see it. It used to, what they would do is they would try to get word of mouth and like critics and stuff to write about them in papers and that would get people excited about it and then they would go. And instead of doing that, they focused on advertising it way early on TV. Um, They did cross promotional stuff with a book that was coming out. So they used the same artist to do the covers of the book, which is very similar to the movie poster. And they, they kind of promoted them at the same time got people really excited about it and then opened everywhere at the same time. Used to, they would only open in, in multiple cities like that, wide releases, if the movie was like shitty. Because 
That way word of mouth would not catch up to everybody and people would just go see it the first weekend and then it would drop off. So this really did some like oh. innovative stuff that now everybody does, right? Like yeah. promotional stuff's everywhere. They open on as many screens as possible. Everybody's got to see it right away. And the opening weekend is everything, you know, this kind of started with Jaws. So it's just, again, weird because you and I have grown up in this world forever, but this is not how it used to be, you know? Um, didn't this movie stay in theaters for a long ass time too like yeah wasn't it like over a year i think it stayed for almost a year and it was re-released this came out in 75 it was re-released in 76 and in 79 in theaters um that also like added like tremendous dollars to its uh box office potential and stuff um sure. and then it was it premiered on tv in 1979 after a re-release in theaters it got a Nielsen rating of 39.1 and attracted 57% of the total audience. Holy shit. 57% of, of everybody watching watched Jaws the first night it came on TV. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. It was the, at the time, it was the second most watched thing on TV after Gone with the Wind had premiered on TV uh, years before or whatever. Um, just like, that, I can't even imagine that many people watching anything at the same time now, you know? Oh. I wonder if they left the like side boob in there or if they had to edit oh, it wonder, out or yeah. something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see what it was on, but I'm, at that time, they didn't have as many channels and stuff. I wonder what it was on. And then like the, the shark murder and all of see? that stuff. Like, it was, was PG. They were cool with it. The world was a different yeah. time, man. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, so this was... Uh, they had budgeted this film to take 55 days in production. And it ended up taking 159. I mean, they got close. They got close. They got the, <laughs> they got the five in there. Yeah. Um, Spielberg, again, had thought his career was over because nobody had gone over 100 days over schedule <laughs> before, before this film, apparently. Yeah. And he did that. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, it won three Oscars, best film editing for Werner Fields, uh, best original score, and then best sound. And it was nominated for Best Picture, but uh, didn't win. So, Do you know what it um, lost to? Man, I can't remember right now. Um, 75. Not to look that up, but uh, Spielberg, I know, had, had uh, lamented that he was not nominated for Best Director, which I always mm-hmm. think is a weird thing. The director is an integral part, obviously, of any film, and the fact that anything could be nominated for Best Picture and not nominated for Best Director, at least nominated... Seems kind of weird, like out of touch, like you'd have to nominate both of them, but then obviously they're separate categories, so I don't really know, but um, but yeah, so he uh, wanted that, but uh, you know, didn't work out. And then the things that did win, though, was pretty good, though. It looks like maybe The Godfather Part 2? Yeah, I think so. 75? That's what I was looking at here. Yep. Okay. That was well, a good year. There was a... Uh, or wait. That's when they made that blimp? Oh, wait, okay. So it'll be the 76 Oscars. Because it wasn't listed as... Jaws wasn't listed in that one. Oh, okay. Um, doo, doo, doo. They didn't just go ahead and give it to it the same year? No. They're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> retroactively. It lost to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. Um, never seen it. I. It's a good movie, man. Jack what? Nicholson, he's fucking... Plays a, a crazy man. What? Um, I know. It's a, it's, it's a hard sell, but yeah. <laughs> so we've been talking for fucking forever, but uh, yeah. last thoughts for you about this film. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about that earlier. 
I've got three things. Okay, absolutely. So you, you, you had briefly mentioned the poster. Uh, the poster is fucking rad. I love oh it God. so much. Just from a design standpoint, like the Jaws like font, like that little like shark fin on the uh, the hook of the J is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, right. The bold red text on the white background, and then the like cool blue, which is supposed to be like a calming color. But you've got this shark <laughs> yeah. coming up out of the deep blue. Uh, and this poor lady, she doesn't know what she has coming to her. You know, it's just, it's not going to end well. Yeah, right. Uh, there are no winners in that scenario except for the shark uh, is the winner. So but again, it's just hungry. Yeah, just hungry. You know? Yeah. Um, also, I remember my like my biggest association with Jaws as a youngster was playing the Nintendo game. Did you ever play that? No. Oh I god, that, that game fucking sucked. <laughs> 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 you just have to like. Sh- uh, uh, sail around in a boat until you like come across a shark and then you dive into it well actually you're in a little like schooner and uh-huh. you've got these cannonballs until the shark hits your boat and then you're just a little like um uh scuba diver uh-huh. and you have to try to kill the shark but the shark is like practically invincible it takes for fucking ever to kill it <laughs> but if you swim up at the very top it can't get you for some reason even though it destroyed your boat which is would technically have to be higher uh-huh. than than you in the water but it was just a pain in the ass and i remember having to go collect like conch shells to be able to like Uh buy more equipment or something like that i don't know but then at the end of the game if if you can make it that far if you don't die of boredom um you can uh (laughs) confront jaws and you have to like stab it with the the front of your boat you know that little like walkway he has Uh on the front of the boat you like stab it with that or whatever weird yeah, it was strange. I'm but, looking at um, some of the the pictures of it online, like the graphics and stuff. It looks awesome. Yeah, it was it was it was a trip. <laughs> I hate um, video games though that are like almost impossible. Like when when the villain is like almost invincible, it's it just gets yeah. too frustrating for me too fast. Yeah, so I think insane. I would not do all of that. Yeah. Okay, my final thing here, and I want to get your thoughts on this, yeah. is um, this is made in '75, and with the amount of remakes that are coming around, I know eventually probably in our lifetimes that jaws is gonna be remade and i was like is there any way that could be good like would anyone want this but steven i think i've come up with an uh like a cast oh okay that might be able to sell that's a fun game you know so just nobody can be reused Mm -hmm. from from the original movie so we can't include spielberg we can't include you know any of the, the actors in this or whatever uh maybe cameos but not lead actors right so i've recast um, the primary awesome. leads of the movie, right? So, um, as Brody, Robert Downey Jr. Okay, yeah. All right, as Hooper, with the same the the Stark goatee though, right? Oh, he's that. playing Tony Stark in this. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. He's yeah, he's, he's vacationing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, as as Hooper, I see. Hmm. When I was watching this, I was like, you know what? He seems like such a Zach Galifianakis character. Mm. But then I was like, wait a minute. You know what? I'm going to put my man Lakeith Stanfield in this. Oh, I like that. Okay. Hooper, right? God, he's, he's just got, good uh, in everything. Yeah, he's he's great. I, yeah. He would bring um, the energy, too. Yeah. To it, like, uh, okay. like Dreyfus does. So here's what I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Quint, Hugh Jackman. Oh, Dude, like, especially after Logan. Yeah. Like, getting that that beard in and, like, mm-hmm. uh, this is the salty, salty semen. Yep. That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, salty semen. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since you said the salty sea captain earlier, I've been waiting to drop that in there. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I would uh, watch that. Right? I think, uh, God, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Downey Jr. Like, I, I can see him in that role because mm-hmm. he can play that, like, heartfelt stuff as well, uh, yeah. as well as being, like, fun. Um, Jackman is uh, an inspired choice for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not done. And he'd be drunk, right? He yeah. has to be. Cool. Mm-hmm. He deserves it. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> he totally deserves it. Plus, you let him use his, like, regular accent, and you just, oh, you know, yeah. because there was part of the, it brings in like the Australian that. portion of uh, the behind-the-scenes totally stuff works. from the original. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally as works. the shark... Andy Circus. <laughs> Perfect. You know you do some real cool shit with that. You yeah. Know, it's gonna involve CGI, but it's gonna be good CGI. Okay. Yeah. It's if you look, you bring the caliber to it. Yeah. Then yeah. It, it could mm-hmm. work. They could sell that. You know, like the mm-hmm. the hyper realistic animation of the Lion King, say mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, they're really getting there now. And uh, as much yeah. as I love, you know, practical effects and everything, I feel like uh, that could really work. Would would they be able to, you know, it works like Andy Serkis doing so like motion capture for like uh, Planet of the Apes and stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a humanoid figure. But um, I'm, I'm picturing him now like him <laughs> opening his mouth and that'd be a, a shark mouth. Um, yeah. But I think, I think it could so, work. So you, you take him, you put him in a mocap suit, right? Mm-hmm. Motion capture. You just let him lay flat on an ironing board in front of green screen and just let him like wiggle his way. But he'd do but he'd do some incredible shit. Like yeah. he'd pick up on nuance nuances of like a shark mm-hmm. that you wouldn't think about. You wouldn't even know. Like he would sell it. And you'd be like, Oh, he's a shark now? Okay. Yep. Got I believe it. it. You know, you know that shark is really way more realistic than a real shark. <laughs> I just want to see the behind-the-scenes footage of him on the ironing board, mm-hmm. covered in green screen material, in front of the mm-hmm. green screen, wiggling around. He's got around. the dots and the track marks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wiggling around and stuff. Um, That'd be cool. It sounds killer, man. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we're not done. <laughs> As the mayor. <laughs> yes. Reginald Vell Johnson. That's right. Oh. We're bringing Carl Winslow into this bad boy. You just He's brought it against home. type. You know, he, he, he's, he's done enough incredible work yeah. that it's okay for the former, former Carl Winslow to be the, uh, the shitty mayor. I think you do some fun shit mm-hmm. and you let him wear those fun costumes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's the only thing we bring back from the originals, those suits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Man. Steven, we're not yet done. <laughs> finally. Last thing. Finally. This movie we got to have a director, right? we got to have oh, a, yeah. a visionary behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele. Dude. Okay. Do we need a, a Jaws remake? No. Would I want to see one? Probably not. But the cast and the director you just chose, I want to mm-hmm. see this movie right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know everyone would bring their A-game to this. I just... I know how iconic the score is for this, too. I don't know if you would almost have to bring that back, but, like, update it a little bit, you know? Kind of like they did with, like, Jurassic World, right? Mm-hmm. Like, brought in some of those themes, but it was kind of changed. But I'm also, I'm picturing the trailer for this, like the teaser trailer, with the uh, that music from Us, you know, playing in the background as well. And I just feel like okay. it could all work. I thought you were going to say Eminem, but, yeah, I like, I like, I like where you're going. <laughs> That was going to be a real like Venom take on the oh, movie. Oh yeah, totally. Well, we yeah. could do that too, but the teaser trailer yeah. first, I think. Sure. 
man, I'm sold. Okay. Let's make well, let's this go to movie. Hollywood. Let's, yep. We're on our way. Pack your That'll bags. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, dude. Uh, so yeah, I had a really good time watching this again. I wish I could have watched it with you. Um, when I was talking to my dad about it and the audience reaction and stuff, mm-hmm. I was uh, wishing it, I could have been with someone who'd watched it for the first time in a long time because some of the oh, jump yeah. scares and stuff are fun and just whatever the little moments. But uh, then it ended up being fun anyway because Amanda hadn't seen it in a long time. So she uh, you know, was jumping and stuff and that led me to, to jump more. And like there was times we both did it together and it was it was really fun. Like the the experience of this with, with another person is really uh, good. It's exciting because you're just into the moment. It's just so fucking scary. So mm-hmm. I really dug it. But uh, any any last last thoughts about what you thought of this? I don't think so. I think I'm I'm tapped. It was a cool. it was a great movie. Um, it certainly holds up. It, it yeah. stands to the test of time. Uh, they don't need to make that movie or the remake that we mm-hmm. just went over. But um, man, it uh, it was fucking awesome. I was really impressed with how much i enjoyed it yeah cool um i and it's one of those things where i think if you watch something when you're younger you like it for one reason but as you mm-hmm. get older you may your taste may change but and you like it for a different one you know yeah. um but uh yeah it was just masterfully done very mm-hmm. very impressed crazy mm-hmm. for a 26 27 year old uh mm-hmm. to pull off for their second feature like ever um that mm-hmm. still just floors me that just screams what a genius spielberg is uh, that this movie is so iconic and still stands the test of time, like you said. Um, my last thing I just wanted to say was not for remakes, but they did uh, come up with a few sequels for this. Jaws 2 uh, it was okay. Spielberg refused to come back. He said that uh, sequels were uh, like a, a carny trick, I think is what he called it. Um, mm-hmm. And then they did Jaws 3D that uh, <laughs> wasn't well received. And then Jaws 4 with Michael Caine in it. That is widely regarded as one of the worst films of all time, apparently. Um, oh, yeah. And I <laughs> I remember parts of those sequels, but not a whole lot of them. Um, growing up, I was less discerning in tastes, so I just thought it was like all fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought was funny about those is all three of those sequels together, combined, didn't even make half of the box office of Jaws. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they all just went downhill really rapidly, but... Uh, yeah, very glad this movie exists. Um, it's one of my favorite Spielberg movies. It's mm-hmm. a masterclass in filmmaking, and uh, it's just so fucking great to watch. So I had a really good time doing that for the show today. Uh, please come back next week and listen to another episode of ours. We're uh, going to do uh, what? I'm so tapped uh, out. We're going to... Yeah. <laughs> You're gassed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to do another pop culture catch up, um, but we're also going to tag team on catching up on War of the Realms. We have gotten so far behind on that. Um, it, the Ooh. series has been wrapped up for like a month and change <laughs> at this point. Um, Oops. But uh, that's all right. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read uh, like four different issues, which is War of the Realms 5 and 6, The Avengers issue 20, and then there's a War of the Realms Omega. So we're going to do all that and like i was telling the steven off air uh three of those four are oversized issues so there's just more pages mm-hmm. and um yeah i'm gonna start reading as soon as we're done recording <laughs> yeah. and uh, i should be able to finish uh, about three seconds before we record Sweet. next sunday but um yeah so we're gonna do that and then we'll have like different movies tv music all that stuff that we uh yeah. 
uh, we'll get into to uh, discuss. But uh, yeah, so we're we're finally gonna finish that that saga that we just put to the side and uh, shrugged our shoulders at. It's like I don't even know where to begin on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it'd mm-hmm. be fun to finally finish it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you know excited to get back into it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and read the last issue and just know where I was, uh, what was happening in the story a little bit. I need yeah. to do like a little recaps, but uh, it's, mm-hmm. been a, it's been a while. There we so, go. All right. Well, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can contact us by email at letstalkaboutstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LTASpod. You can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at StephenFisher22. And Brent, I actually just did like 15 or 20 Letterboxd reviews in a row the other day. What I did, they're online. You're back on it. I'm back on it, man. What What are uh, some uh, What are some movies that you did? Well, some of the stuff we've talked about on the show. I went back through my list. I keep for the show of the the pop culture uh, catch up items or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm so gassed, I can't remember a single one right now. Um, but uh, and some other stuff I I, I hadn't talked or maybe we talked about like a long time ago on the show. I just went back. Basically, I went through my Netflix. On Netflix, you can go like look at your viewing history and so uh on letterbox you you can put like the date you watch things i like to do that so mm-hmm. i was going back through time and being like oh cool i'll do a review for that one too and i'll pop on there and do something real quick um i used to have like a really structured view of i used twitter as a like the a medium for me to write them at first so i used mm-hmm. 140 characters before um now i just kind of write whatever so i'll just kind of write my thoughts some some are pretty long there are a few paragraphs some are pretty short mm-hmm. but uh yeah, definitely go check them out so Awesome, yeah. Awesome. And then you can follow Brent on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hipper. So, oh, I just got finished uh, posting nothing. So enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Brent, this was a very long episode, but I had a lot of fun yes. talking about it with you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of facts I wanted to get in there about this one of my most favorite movies of all time. So, thank you and the audience for sticking with me on this. And uh, without further ado, until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. Talk later. <laughs> oh, also, real quick before uh, before we're done recording, uh, I tell you that I I wrote lyrics to the Jaws theme. <laughs> no, what'd you write? Shark film. 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 It's a movie. Really we're pretty good. deep with it, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, with my jokes and my like lyric writing, I'm just like really subversive. Mm-hmm. So here's what here's what I was here's my thought process on it. It was a shark film. Okay. So right. I just like I incorporated that into the lyrics. Yeah, that makes sense. And just for clarification, um, it's also a movie. So mm-hmm. I just married the two. Yeah. Because there's a book out there, it, but this is about the movie. It's about the movie. Yeah. And yeah, I just married them together because it's legal in this state. Okay, films and movies can get married. It's 2019. Let's move on. We accept all kinds here. And That's let's right. Talk about stuff. So, you know, in the movie itself, um, I was worried that something was going to happen to that dog. It had been such a long time since I'd seen it. Mm. I couldn't remember. And uh, honestly, it was to the point where after that kid was attacked, I was like, "But the dog's okay." <laughs> Wait, was the, the dog, dog okay? okay? Did he get was out? It? Wasn't it? I thought so. Do you see was him again? Because Amanda yeah, was he's... very upset by that. Oh, okay. I just assumed the dog was okay. I think later in the, the movie, uh, the dog is sitting seaside smoking a cigar uh, okay. with sunglasses on. That makes sense uh, now. 
Yeah. That might have just been Spud Spuds McKenzie, though. I think it was yeah. a different dog. Okay, that's what it was. You know what? I think I just watched a commercial on YouTube. Uh, okay. okay. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm there. That dude's throwing the the stick, and that dog looks kind of like our dog, Savannah. It's like a... Oh, yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. we were like, oh, how cute. And I forgot about that. And then the guy's just like shouting for the dog, and then I don't remember seeing the dog again. So Amanda mm-hmm. was very upset by that. Uh, she didn't care about that kid at all, because mm-hmm. uh, fuck kids, but... I'm I'm gonna be, live in your world and tell her that the dog survived and he's we just didn't see him. Well, there's a, a shot of the stick just like floating in the water by itself. Mm-hmm. But I think that was before the shark attacks, if I remember yeah. correctly, because it mm-hmm. would have been like yeah. there would have been like a, a ruckus if that happened, right? So I'm just gonna assume the guy threw the stick and the dog started licking its nuts. Oh, okay, I was like hold on, bitch, I gotta I gotta lick my nuts real quick. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, "But you're a girl." And the dog's Weird. like, "Yeah, but I'm also talking to you." So and the guy's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah." You know what? You're you're right. You're right, dog. Who can talk? And that led into the also also that guy is the uh-huh. son of Sam. So oh, he was talking well, about dogs. And mm-hmm. it led into that spinoff movie. Pause. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the movie that never starts. Yeah, get it? <laughs> it's also subversive. So like pause is like animal feet. Sure. And then also, also it's like not starting something. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I just feel like I gotta explain it. Um, yeah. I, I, I want people to get my jokes. Maybe gotta I'm just like too heady. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to start writing uh, down, you know, <laughs> for the dum dums. <laughs> All right. And in honor of the very film that we are watching today, since we can like streamline it, we don't just have to string random words together for a sync word. Mm-hmm. A little bit easier this time. And uh, I knew it when I heard it watching this movie. Oh, excellent. I think the sync word or words can be nothing other than bow-legged women. I wrote a note about that, too. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so let's sync with that on three. One, two, three. Bow-legged, bow-legged women. women. Oh, yeah, you went really, like, yeah. fisherman gravelly voice. Here's women with bow-legged women. All the bow-legged his, like, women. His, his inner voice is like, but I've never been with a woman. I'm so sad. I thought I saw a mermaid once, but it was a manatee, and I, I still fucked it. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but. Look, when you're out there, any port in a storm, and by port, I mean manatee's puss. Wait, can we retroactively go back and change our sink word to manatee's puss? Look, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's double single. Let's just make sure we haven't, like, the tracks hadn't slid around <laughs> between now and then. The last minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> one, two, three. Manatee's puss. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've ever, like, had a sync word and then stumbled upon a uh-huh. new, like, replacement one. Absolutely. Wow. I, you good. know what? Steven, it Ooh. is good. The show is good now. It's, there you go. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's all firing on every possible cylinder. The, the engine room has not gone out oh, yeah. on the show. Like Joss, It's still functioning. Yeah. 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 Like the Orca. Man, mm-hmm. I feel really good about this episode so far, gotta say. I mean, it's great. Uh, as of right now, we're two minutes in, you know? Um, I, it, it can't possibly get better. Oh, wait a minute. It will. <laughs> You just wait, audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we're at the beginning of the show. Maybe we're in the outtakes. I don't know. Yeah, who knows know. right now, right? Yeah. 
It's weird. It's this weird nebulous area. Cool. Oh, there we go. Cool. Yeah, that's what we wanted. We're freezing. Yeah. We're back in it. You called it earlier. You called it. You called yeah. it. Yeah. You're going to need a bigger boat. L P A S.